uh, we're just dancing in here while we're listening uh, to the intro tune. That was, that was oh, wow, I'm uh, too close. All right. That was a great song. That was, that was uh, a good intro. Very intense. Thanks for GQ <laughs> making us sound really good. GQ? Is that the name of the uh, Gorn guy? Quantum. He's a good local oh, guy. Oh, cool. I enjoy that. Beats. There you go. All right. What's up, people? Welcome to Creative Theory Podcast, the show that brings you conversations with visual artists about how they got to where they got, what their day-to-day is like, their goals, their struggles, their thoughts on an art world, and a lot more. Let's talk Ooh, about it. See, I actually, I feel like this thing, I'm getting good at this uh, <laughs> talking thing. And today, it's going to be a special one. I'm so happy that we can actually make it happen now because uh, this guest, we're trying to, I, I tried to get him on a show a couple of times, but he's just uh, so busy and so prolific. I think uh, tough to get the guy in here, but uh, I would say we're blessed. Uh, he's a concept artist, designer for video games and movies, and just uh, all around good dude. Andrew Jamashovsky. Oh, thanks, man. Welcome uh, to the show. Thank you so much for joining. Pleasure to be here. I was trying to think, uh, as I was, uh, I was bike here today, I was trying to think how I met you the first time, but I'm pretty sure I actually first met your sister at when I was working at oh, Norcor yeah. and she was doing a documentary and I was, oh, I was yeah. talking to her. She's like, you should meet my amazing, uh, talented brother. I was like, yeah, who's your brother? He's like, Andrew Jamashovsky. And I looked you up and was blown away right away. Well, we hit it off right away. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, obviously Ilya is an amazing artist. I have mad respect for your work, and so we just hit it off talking about different techniques and artists we we admire. And yeah, you're, you're too kind, too kind. You're a very good dude, my man. Thanks. And uh, so when I did the a little uh, introduction or uh, about you, concept artist for games and movies, is that what you you would usually say? Yeah, chiefly. So uh, going forward, I, I I more or less want to specialize. Uh, in film, and mm-hmm. that's the majority of the work I was doing at ILM, the job I worked at before I kind of went on and did my own thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, for the for the time being, it's it's both of those things, and they're fun. And then currently, you said you're freelancing. Yeah, so, so it can be both, right? Definitely, yeah, and it's kind of cool because I get to balance between yeah those two things, and sometimes you get very zany, kind of almost cartoony games, and then very moody, serious type film that's uh, a lot more subtle so I, I i appreciate and enjoy the uh the versatility that's uh, that's what i like as well and we can definitely get into the movies that you work on later on just because of uh the production's lasting a year or more in design yeah. or actually any project even the one i'm currently on on the tv but still it's a very long project some people i would I, it's it's possible to get bored of one style so i guess freelance and what you're doing now must be a pretty fun way to just keep yourself excited about art in general yeah for sure um yeah i I feel very fortunate to have the platform to work on a multitude of projects uh especially over the years and yeah it's always different you always get different art directors different production pipelines um yeah it's just been very cool overall i would say uh let's see Uh, we'll get into that but one thing i wanted to get started with just because it seems like such an important topic, but um, kind of uh, at an art show we were chatting uh, last week with you and actually Matt, Matt Boimier also brought it up about how uh, we're joking that we only see each other at art shows. Like that's our catch-up place. I, I feel like that's my fault. Uh, and that's a <laughs> thing. And I don't think that it, I don't think that's yours. And this is something that I struggled with a lot and I've spoken about before. Where you know that you have a choice between uh, supporting other artists mm. or making your own art. Uh, not to say that it's only black and white like that, but then you you know once you br- bring in health and you bring in family, the amount of time you have left for things like that, you have to be quite selective. And so what I want to ask you is, um, 
today or these days do you have a priority list or what would you say a priority list in life of just like here are top things in my life and i have to do them and if there is an art show or friend's birthday or something like can't do it because sometimes you kind of have to go with your priorities you know what i mean yeah that's a good question um i think it probably goes the same for most artists maybe yourself included i mean obviously i have this uh this fire inside me that wants to create as much art as possible and mm-hmm. you know create it with as much integrity as a pos- as possible and you know so that's a driving force in my life but then besides that it's it's a uh, it's family and close friends and mm-hmm. those things fall in between i think if it's the if there's ever an absence of me socializing with artists it's just maybe and i think you're a huge um contributor to this and in fact uh uh, a big proponent of this is you're <laughs> you're you're helping the community of art in Vancouver, oh, thanks, which is man. great. And um, I think for a long time, because I kind of studied a little bit in Los Angeles, and there was a huge blooming community where there would be these hangouts all the time mm-hmm. happening, almost every weekend. Yeah. I just didn't feel that same way in Vancouver, but I think that's just a maybe a lie I told myself, and that there is actually a really nice community of artists to hang out, and you know the the snag. Uh, yeah light painting things that happen I, th- I think it's just a, it's just um, what do you call it, that thing that's uh, a, a stigma I, I had about the Vancouver scene that you know there's not too many social events but there really is and I, I think it's just up to me to to branch out and but I completely understand and I feel like the scene uh, was an art scene if you want to call it that it's definitely very much up and down but also the community that you are part of which is uh, you could say I don't know concept art design or t- entertainment industry right I could see how that specific group d- didn't feel like it was completely represented in the way that you're saying like hangouts and I- I'm seeing a lot of them pop up now and one one I would love to ma- uh, want to mention is uh, Pedro Amado's uh, Vault 100 seems like a pretty cool community building around oh I don't even know that. well I'll, uh, I'll send you <laughs> tell me about that check oh. it out and so I think they're uh, I think they've already started running like a course or two in there, but otherwise it's just a group that meets up. I think on Wednesdays it's a artists uh, get together, critique each other's work, show oh, cool. work, and um, and I think they even do weekly assignments, which is pretty sweet. And then some, I think they do plenaires on weekends now. It's it's really awesome to see it built up. And I think so. What I was gonna say is now it's it's, it's a little more noticeable of these yeah. communities building. And I know when you look at LA, I think the population is a big thing plus all the industries being there so yeah when you're saying top or when you're saying a lot of artists are hanging out meeting up every week all the time and i think it's because of that right the industry plus people yeah that sounds great uh pedro amato is, is yeah. his name yeah the, yeah the fact that we would have a a group that would do plein air painting is exciting because vancouver has beautiful scenery oh uh, God, it makes me wonder to. why we haven't done that before um that's Shame exciting us if we're not doing it right Okay, so but let's get back to <laughs> uh, priorities. So you also said you do Muay Thai, so and yeah, four or five times a week. Yeah, I try to as That's much crazy. as possible. See, I think that now it makes sense. I think it all comes together. You got your art, <laughs> you got your health and family, and then that's basically the week is gone. But also, I'm, I'm kind of a, so, a social recluse. You know, um, I feel like the, I feel like I gotta. It's always a, a struggle finding that balance between you know, working way too much in front of the computer, which is sometimes necessary to elevate your skill and your art, but then, you know, you need to hang out with your friends and yeah. and have a few beers and laugh, and that's really important. And and um, having a scheduled thing like Muay Thai, even though I'm, I'm not always laughing, getting punched <laughs> in the face, but <laughs> it's uh, 
it forces you to socialize in that way with a schedule. So um, maybe it's a, an excuse, not the best excuse, but there it is. Um, it's yeah. not the fact that well, you're doing things and you're working and seeing you produce personal pieces. Right. I would say very often it's this, like you said, you have that fire in you. I can tell and wanting to produce. But the reason why I even asked that question about priorities is just because, yeah, that's everyone. You know, everyone's struggle is that because how do you know if you're doing enough? How do you know if you're learning enough? How do you know if you're not behind? Yeah. And I think all these questions basically make people, make us just stay home and draw forever. And then you forget. And then what is life about? And right. Um, what is it about? That, that's so interesting because um, I was talking to a friend recently about this and we were discussing what kind of keeps us up at night and what when we wake up what's that thing that lights a fire under our ass and mm-hmm. makes us think can we cuss on this of course as much as <laughs> okay <laughs> what makes us think oh fuck am i doing enough what am i doing yeah. and um some people for some people it's about money for some people it's about um you know am i am i am i achieving my uh, artistic vision enough am i fulfilling that um, mm-hmm. So for everyone, it's different. So I, I really enjoy hearing about people's own perspective on art because no one's the same. And I think mm-hmm. once you understand people's why, you understand the how and, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what is yours? What keeps you up at night? I think I just want to... When I was a kid, Jurassic Park was a thing for me. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at art, it's not necessarily uh, a, a, a thing to make social commentary on on the world it's more about i want to i want to create the same or help create the same wonder that i had when i was a 10 year old kid watching jurassic park and i i always thought man i want i want to be part of a team that that makes these amazing uh projects and inspires people and i just thought wow i i got to do that for a living and i've been very fortunate to be part of some really great teams and and, and kind of do that so okay and now you are now you're there making movies so. yeah well yeah, except now i'm like on my own so i think the next stage is maybe uh assembling my own team and making my own projects so you would not be j- jumping back into a studio it's more so creating i don't what think you really want i don't think i'll ever jump back into a studio again Ooh, tell me why um <laughs> well it's been nine years of of being inside the studio i don't know if it's been a similar timeline for you uh let's we're around the same age more or less right I was I graduated in uh, Art Institute 2011, so okay. seven years working. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, so I've uh, a little bit longer than you, but um, yeah, I just think I've seen different colors, and uh, I mean, without disparaging any sort of details about <laughs> companies I've worked for. Are you sure, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty entertaining, but uh, uh, no, I mean, nine years is a good chunk. Yeah, nah, it's a pretty good chunk. You see a lot of different flavors of art directors, and I think at the vi- I think the final crux of it was it, it dawned on me that I, n- nothing I was working on was going to belong to me or, or, or my friends. And the more I talked to my friends uh, and we all kind of had projects of our own, we just kind of got together and realized we want to make it ourselves and have ownership of our own creative projects. And that was really important to me going forward. And yeah I, I think working for a studio doesn't allow that as much i mean you can try pitching an idea but mm. then i don't know eventually someone's still gonna grab it i think so because someone's gonna have to pay for it right i think so and i'm not i'm not saying i might not even be successful in that respect but i think the the, tr- the notion of trying is, is is important 
and that's something this is why it's so great to have you here because you have you had a lot of experience in the industry that's something you see but at least it sounds like you're optimistic about it because it's something you hear quite a lot about people you could say getting burnt out or getting feel like they're not heard especially right the artistic kind who who have great i mean artists who have great ideas and especially i think once you develop those skills of storytelling and uh, visual design and creating in general you i know so many people who do the coolest things ever and so then yeah there's a it's not it's no wonder why people either get burnt out or they feel like they can't have a voice anymore but what i said you're quite positive so it's nice to hear that you're not or it doesn't sound like you're jaded though you just understand what the industry is and that's kind of how it is right yeah well my thinking is i look at people i really admire and respect all the directors and artists i admire and i feel like if they've done it if they've done it pardon my uh, pronunciation uh, <laughs> if they've done it then and countless others have done it then why can't i that's my rationality yeah it's yeah. we're human beings we'll have you know we have the same utensils basically to carry out our dreams so uh why not try it out and uh that's just the perspective i come from so maybe it's a bit of naivete i'm glad i i, th I talked to a lot of my former co-workers at, at these previous jobs i've talked to them and they almost sounded disillusioned and and they didn't have the same gusto for their dreams as they did five or ten years ago and that was kind of heartbreaking to me and i didn't yeah. want to stay like that and i thought that if i stayed at these companies i i would have just been more or less uh in, in doctrine indoctrinated yeah, yeah, is yeah. that the word yeah. um into this paradigm of being this pawn in a system and not creating <laughs> my own thing i know that sounds very oppressive but no no but it, nothing wrong with working in a company by the way some of my some of the best times of my life were you know of course like a preface but a lot of people joke about that idea of, yeah you stay somewhere too long you just kind of give up on all your ideas and make someone else's and you, you are helping yeah. make someone else's idea it's just yeah it, it's a thing you know we can't complain about because we're likely to have jobs but in the end if you want to be your own self you're gonna have to do it your, yourself because nobody's gonna yeah well i i don't know who said that but uh in order to lead you must follow i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of grace with following something and ha having someone above you pointing you in the right direction and taking notes and then but i also believe you know going your own way eventually that's a very good one i never heard that in order to leave you must follow I, I, i'm sure follow. I, I can't remember who said that so good socrates maybe i don't know <laughs> let's just go with that when you say there are friends that you look up to who are doing uh you're saying creating their own uh, following their own dreams right. and ideas projects and hopefully eventually making a living through it is there someone who comes to mind yeah well there's numerous friends uh daniel de Lubisi is uh is a long uh, you know we're not i would say super close but he's uh, an inspiration in the respect mm -hmm. that he i don't think i don't know if he ever really worked for a company per se but he was always chasing his own vision he published a book called uh lms right That's the last man standing, standing lms yeah. and uh i think he cut a movie deal with paramount and uh it was the first it was one of the first times it was very obvious to a large group of artists that wow you can actually make a book and sell it and make a living through this and maybe make your own movie project that, that was unheard of at the time yeah and it kind of shifted uh our overall thinking before that it was just you work in a company as an artist and that was the roof and you could maybe become an art director or a director through that process and I think he just opened up the door. And I'm not saying he was the only one. Uh, another guy I really respect is Dave Raposa. Oh, yeah. Um, I love his comic books, The Lichman. Right? Yeah. 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 Ash, Thorpe, Ash Thorpe is another one. Yeah. yeah the Lichman comic is great. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, there's there's numerous artists who who've done that and who have also have worked in the visual effects pipeline like I have. I can't remember their names at the top of my head, but they have gone on to make their own short films, mm-hmm. and it's really exciting. And I think going forward, I just want to create. And I don't really know what it is. It could be animation. It could be live action. It could be in the form of a graphic novel, uh, a coffee table book. Who knows? I just want to create and um, retain as much artistic integrity as possible and going authenticity forward. to yourself yeah exactly it's really awesome that those guys the names you were mentioned uh, if you're listening look them up the fact that they put out their journey online i thought it was really important especially like so yeah. daniel levisi because uh, he would he was pretty honest about the failures and successes he wasn't keeping it back and i thought it was yeah. very important to not have an illusion of what it is it's yeah super hard yeah really but it's yeah seems I, like it's I, worth it. I can't do that I, i'm not i'm not very public with you're uh, not gonna tell my me. trials and tribulations no I, I can talk about it absolutely but um yeah it's it's great that he shared that it gave a very uh a voyeuristic view mm-hmm. of his uh his journey through uh through this process so i was actually trying to <laughs> look up information on you online and yeah you, you, you hide <laughs> well, it all except i'm an open art. i'm an open book in terms of conversation i just okay, think when awesome. you post things on facebook it, i don't know it just people can scroll down your timeline and you know identify you as words he posted so but yeah ask well, away what we were saying before the interview facebook is done we're done with it i don't know facebook <laughs> i just i don't know i don't know what's going on with facebook it's just the ads and yeah, weird content being uh, shared around. Instagram is my game, mm-hmm. and, and Twitter for now. It's a good way to go. And if you're, uh, yeah, if you want to look up uh, Andrew, it's at most likely and- at Andrew Doma, pretty much on everything. That's right. D O M D O M A. And I think on ArtStation too, if yeah. you want to check that out. Well, I think it's going to be hard to find you here. Yeah, you're, you're one of the tops. I think. It's, well, uh, my, well, my last name's a little. I don't really use that because it's a little difficult to spell. Oh, we're going to use it, Domashovsky. He look up this guy. He's incredible. And so. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let's keep going with this. And so. Uh, as we're talking about these priorities and you're saying you want to follow your uh, artistic uh, dreams at what point did you think you knew yourself and now yourself enough to know that that's what you want to chase my own dreams and yeah when did that because i think maybe people have ideas but the fact that you're you're making the jump it takes time to, I would say, mentally mature to get to the point to be actually willing to do it and know what you want. Well, if I can say it in the least eloquent way possible, I, I didn't like being told what to do. That's what <laughs> it really came down to. I just think, um, no, I think it was super necessary to go through the process of, of, of working in a company because I just didn't know a lot. I didn't, I didn't have the technique. I didn't, I didn't understand storytelling, composition. Enough. I learned the most through my peers, my coworkers. And I felt like I'm not anywhere close to being uh, to the level of proficiency I want to be, but I think I'm I'm good enough where I can I can try things on my own now, and I I just felt like yeah it was it was time uh, where I I could probably figure these things out on my own, and uh, you know in in yeah I don't know I I don't really have the answers yet. I just feel like it was it just felt right. And but do you think you know yourself and what you want really? Um, I don't know. Work in progress. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think I know the general gist of what I'm trying to do. Uh, do you want to give me an answer on who I am? Who, who are you? Yeah, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just a kid. I think, uh, I'm just a kid who at four would lock himself in a room for five hours straight playing with Legos. I'm just that kid. And, uh, I don't know if I have, the, I don't have a, uh, a dream of world domination with my art. I just want to, I just want to create things and be happy and hopefully make other people happy. 
that's that's really all <sighs> well it is. said that's a really good that's a that sounds like a really good goal <laughs> the fact you didn't you didn't let the kid disappear even though you grew up i, I know it sounds like super cheesy but it's kind of true you can tell you can tell the people who can still be silly and or make cool art yeah I think they, there's got to be a, a bit of a kid in you left just for all these fun things yeah well i mean the kid hopefully has been refined a, a touch <laughs> yeah. uh, not as colorful maybe as it once was um you know, I don't know. you know people are gonna say but andrew you work in movies why do you want to leave it's a dream for everyone well I, I hope i i always work in movies that's always going to be there then i i hope so I, yeah. it's my favorite format in terms mm-hmm. of uh i mean movies are art to me they really are i mean they yeah they, they move the social spectrum but so what about working at ILM? You did leave. What I mean is, uh, it seems like an, you know, uh, I'm not there, uh, but generally, whether you go to an animation school, if you're hanging mm. out with an art crowd, you know, ILM is the end goal for a lot of people. It's it's the studio. Oh, yeah. you know, Lucas, so, and then, but you left, and so the question is... What the, hell, what the hell's wrong with you? Not really, <laughs> no, not really, but beyond the fact that uh, you're saying, okay, yes, you don't want to, you don't want people to tell you to change things. You may not want to change because you think a certain direction you had in mind is better i'm kind of i'm putting uh, words in your mouth but or you don't want people to just like i said tell you what to do you it doesn't sound like you're completely satisfied and so basically i guess why because the dream for a lot of people is ilm yeah let me just say that ilm was the best job i ever had for sure i mean the people i met there the the amount of diversity with skill set and just people from all over the world it was it was a dream to work there um yeah i really learned a lot I think, I think just going forward, I um, I, I saw a ceiling, and the ceiling, which which was uh, uh, which was kind of given to me as a query, like, hey, are you interested in this? Was hey, do you want to? It was art direction, and so I saw that as a role, and I I thought, man, I really can't see myself as an art director in this space. Um, visual effects is very interesting. It's a lot of. It's a lot of. Um, beautifying a shot or, or, or a set of sequences in film and I think I'm a lot more interested in uh, the pre-production phase of film mm-hmm. and so with with ILM being a, a chiefly visual effects house uh, it would be focused on the opposite of that and uh, while we did do a lot of pre-production work 90% of the of which will never see the light of day <laughs> yeah uh, it just uh, I knew my heart was uh, attached to the yeah, the pre-production phase of, of filmmaking and going forward, that's and even now, I'm I'm very fortunate to almost exclusively work on that on that side of things. So that's awesome. Yeah, I you just, made it. I just want to do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> just let me do. Just let me. Let do me do me. Yeah, uh, the ninety percent of work that you're saying that's never going to see the light of day, not even when the project is released, can't show it. Yeah, uh, no, I think that. But for instance, it's it's, it's a little weird. I worked on Deadpool too. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it's great. Except. Uh, if they don't make an art book, then I can't show the work, basically. Really? Well, because there's there's two channels, one being the studio, which is Fox, I think, and the other uh, channel being ILM. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can show the work publicly if ILM posts it on their website. But otherwise, <sighs> and, and I, I really, I'm not exaggerating, 90 or 95% of the work I, I will never be able to show. A lot of it is um, pitch uh, pitch work uh, directors come to our studio hey i have a vision can your team carry out this vision in two weeks i need a i need a package uh and a package ranging anywhere from 10 to 14 images uh to 
get investors interested and it's a very rushed job which actually those those jobs are are really rewarding uh, i love deadline i love tight deadlines i love nailing a design in a brief amount of time and then you know when the rush is over you have this kind of surge of uh serotonin from getting these things done <laughs> yeah. it's really gratifying but then it's like oh yeah i'm never gonna be able to show that work ever so there's there's a part of that that that's kind really of, harsh it, yeah but the other side does get i, I do feel fulfilled as a designer it's a, it's a very it's a very cool thing having or, or rather solving a problem visually which we talked about mm -hmm. before i mean yeah it's a huge boon do you know do you know why the, is there good reason why these studios wouldn't let artists show that i think it's just a, that it's just legality i think NDAs and if I could, if I'm in the studio's shoes, uh, I, I would think I don't want to. I don't want the artist to show a, a version of the final concept that we didn't go with. If that makes sense, like if I showed a version of, let's say, Cable, which I worked on for Deadpool, nice. and it was, uh, hey, there's Stu. I worked with the guy. What's up, buddy? Oh, <laughs> we're on Hastings uh, Street and we're looking outside. Cool oh, people are stopping by. But it, if they posted a version of cable that, uh, if I posted a version of cable that was a far cry away from what they delivered, mm -hmm. then maybe fans would be like, "Why didn't you show that?" or, or something. I mean, I'm just trying to think in their shoes. I can see the bad case being where the rough design they didn't go with is way better than the final. Yeah, that's where you're gonna get. I get yeah, I see that makes sense, but, ah, but I get it and I don't. It's it's, it's a weird, yeah. it's a weird gray area. I, I understand that being an artist. I want to see that stuff so much more than and yeah, just a too. normal person. Like, mm -hmm. and I think it's a be it's the best stuff to see. Yeah, uh, I forget the guy. Oh man, I I don't know the guy's name. Maybe I'll try to look it up on Instagram later. But he worked on the last Star Wars, and he did his designs of characters are still look like almost markers, but they're digital. Glenn Dillon was his name. No, maybe that. Maybe that. Oh, I'm trying. There's a lot of really good. Was guys. it the previous prequel? Maybe. Maybe. I know the names. I just, yeah. you just gotta, uh, I'm just sure. gotta give me a hint. Oh, I, I, I know you know. Maybe I don't know if I have it. Saved. I have a weird vocabulary for yeah. useless information. So, <laughs> but he posted some. Oh Dermot Power. It. Just keep naming them. Dermot Power, Ian McKeg. Uh, is this a character guy? Yeah, it was some characters. Uh, like Glenn, Glenn Dillon. Seems. Must be that. Must yeah. be that guy. Anyways, but where was I going with this? Oh yeah, showing his work, and it was rough, even though it was for a live action movie. The fact that he was still, I don't know, allowed maybe to design in a old school way where it was yeah. like it wasn't photo bashed, it was still yeah. designed and drawn and it looked like it was rough and it was a process and it was yeah. the most like it was like the coolest stuff to see. Yeah. Uh, it's uh it's especially cool with how it seems in the industry that a lot of art directors want to see that very photorealistic and we can touch on this because mm -hmm. this is a subject I'm very Let's passionate yeah, about. I didn't want to, it's on the list actually I have questions. Oh, okay, cool. Um well, if, if you don't mind I'm just gonna go ahead and Let's do it. Uh, so Star Wars is cool, and I, I did work on some Star Wars projects, not the last uh, few films that have been seen, but um, some upcoming ones. Um, the m Most of the art directors actually prefer a uh, traditional style. They yes. want to see the, that marker, that, that mm -hmm. texture of the canvas, that, the, the stroke of the acrylic brush, which is amazing for artists. I mean, that's what we all want to get toward, uh, uh, where they can read the, the simplistic design. And the, the artist I think you were referring to has a very... You know, simplistic approach, but the design's there; it's still mm -hmm. valid. Yeah, and I think my gripe with a lot of designers—not that they're all bad designers—but uh, a lot of the design is forgiven because the work looks photorealistic, mm. and and that's—I think that's a problem. You're you're gonna—I think there's a lot of designs in film where you can't really 
like design to me, like a good design to me is you can tell a five-year-old, you can show a five-year-old a design and then have the five-year-old draw it on a piece of paper and then it'll be more or less the design They'll that yeah. he or she was describing. So, and I think a lot of the designs nowadays are brown, gray, messes mm. of photo bashing and you got uh, some texture of uh, fabric in there or yeah something. <laughs> i don't know but there's yeah, most of the design is great there's yeah, yeah. M- it's mostly across the board pretty mm-hmm. pretty great so oh hello that's <laughs> stepping by that side yeah the reason well i really like the, the fact that you spoke about that because yeah whether you're once again art station looking online at people's designs of uh, work that has been done for movies do you think directors or let's say some directors are kind of blinded by the um, the shininess of all the perfect textures, and then uh, they 100%. maybe skip the design. One hundred percent. I'm sure the good art directors will probably the ones who've been involved in art maybe can't look past that. I, I think I think as an art director, you want someone who comes from that artistic background. But I gotta say, even sometimes they get they get <laughs> fooled by yeah. the, uh, the photorealism of things because. Once you have something that looks photorealistic, the atmospheric fog is in there, the lighting is correct, which is so easy to do now with 3D applications, oh, yeah. then it tricks your brain into thinking, okay, yeah, it looks, it looks like it could be in the film. Why don't we just use this? Then something <laughs> that's, rather, um, as opposed to something that's drawn on paper quickly with a marker. And so... Mm-hmm. And from the ar- I can see how from the artist side, that's a pretty good way to convince the clients because if your clients are not... Art, art, art inclined you know if, sh- if you show them a Mike Mignola design they're gonna be like what the hell is that yeah you know, we're doing a live action movie why are you showing me this yeah but some of the best designs have been like that though you know but you, what I'm saying is you need the client to get it because if they don't they're yeah. gonna shut down all the good designs because right. it is like why is it so simple right so the, the path I'm trying to pay for myself is to go photorealistic but hopefully design well as well I mean as well as I can can't wait can't wait <laughs> what, what's the last good movie you've seen that had good design the last good movie I, I saw. Um, let me think. What did I see? Well, I saw I saw The Incredibles too. That's always great design. How good is that? And I love their design approach. It's a very <sighs> it's very graphic design oriented. It's very weird. I remember the first time I picked up The Art of Incredibles back in the day, mm-hmm. and I was young and naive. I didn't understand what what are these swatches of paper cutouts, fa- paper yeah. cutouts and fabric. But <laughs> yeah. there's genius behind that. Oh, there's yeah. a there's a there's a lot of freedom mm-hmm. with uh, interpretation when you when you showcase design like that and. I think when you get too specific, especially with photorealism that we're talking about, then you leave no uh, air for, yeah, uh, interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just is what it is. And there's a there's a good side to that and a bad side. But I, I do really appreciate um, the f- the the far you know the far side of design that mm-hmm. that paper cutout stuff. Super. Pushed. I'm gonna do that. That's my journey now. You just solidified okay. it. Paper cutouts from now on. Hey, you Tough luck directors. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> That's why you gotta make your own thing. Yeah. Nobody's gonna tell you what not to do. <laughs> just accept it. God damn it. You're just gonna make a stop motion paper cut. Oh animation? man. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much respect for stop motion. <laughs> Who's yeah. that? Co- what's that company that did uh, uh box trolls? Uh, and they did a uh, Kubo and then his yeah, yeah. sword. Oh man, those guys are great. I wish I knew the name. Fantastic Shame on us, but incredible. Leica was Leica, the company. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? What's the last <sighs> so film you good. saw that with good design? I, I watched Incredibles yesterday, and that really, that was awesome. And I, I think, I was looking at the credits. It looked like there was only one guy designing characters. I, I could be wrong, but it looked like oh, yeah. the name scrolled by, and it was one dude. Yeah. Which, if you can do it on a project, probably the best way to go, because then you're going to get such a consistent vision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I should also mention what's a good live action movie that had good yeah. design. Um, I, 
I don't know why this is in my head. I was thinking of Gods of Egypt. Um, and this is a, I don't know. It's I have a, not watched that. Well, I mean, no, I don't think a lot of people have. Okay. Here's the thing with design. I feel like most most design is pretty good in film. Um, because the artists are really good. Right? Because the artists, yeah, they, I think they're mostly pretty good. And it's, it's, I think the designs in that film were pretty cool. I don't know if they um, they solved the problem. I don't I don't think I watched the whole movie because uh, this it was, <laughs> the writing was pretty poor. There you go. That's probably why I didn't watch it. But uh, <laughs> that's that's a sad thing that happens where yeah. most of the artists that work on the show, the set designers, the costume designers are, are pretty proficient. That's the soul crushing part. And no one sees the movie and gets yeah. to appreciate it. So that's a really yeah, it's a, it is pretty crushing. Oh, because no matter how good the visuals are, if the story sucks, you're yeah. you're lost everyone. Or or you get a movie with like incredible sound design. Or uh, or a brilliant costume design, but because the movie doesn't have the best writing, it doesn't get nominated for Academy yeah. Award, and I think that's a crime. I yeah. really do. They need maybe need a different category or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or just like just rate the artist. Forget about the story. I mean, it, it's too bad that you even have to say that because story is king. I think a lot. It's a quote. I don't remember. Who you know said who said that? Pixar, maybe Brad Bird. George Lucas. George Lucas. No? George okay. Lucas said that. Can okay. you believe? Well, it? there you go. A lot of people are thinking, <laughs> "What the hell?" That guy said story is king. Actually, what? with George Lucas, <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, incriminate him with uh, is that even a word I'm just throwing out yeah, big yeah, words yeah you're, you're smart uh, give us big words I'm big smart I like to think <laughs> I know words but uh, bro science bro he, bro science all day <laughs> uh, he uh, yeah a lot of people fault him for being a poor writer but I actually think he comes up with good stories I think the internal structure uh, and the dialogue that you know is, is yeah <laughs> the internal dialogue and and basic flow of his stories doesn't go over well but I think he actually tells pretty good stories I mm. think he he understands ex- except the crystal skull thing that's uh, <laughs> let's there, not, let's there's, not, let's there's not certain things you're, you're allowed to hate, I gotta right? retract my statement now I'm gonna bury my head in the sand <laughs> he didn't say that quote Brad Bird did <laughs> yeah. let's go oh, with my man. story oh Brad Bird Brad Bird's <laughs> a hero of mine that guy is incredible yeah oh, good good use of words uh, what was I gonna say oh live oh, action movies no pun intended god yeah. damn <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean that yeah the live action movies I'm trying to remember uh I really, I know people hated it. I really enjoyed Prometheus. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I um, I, I can't believe I was going to mention politics just there, mm. uh, because it seems like there's a, there's a thing with movies. You either hate it or love it, and the, the Last Jedi is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. People either vehemently hated it or they loved it, and I feel like you you are allowed to like some aspects of a movie and hate others, and I think Prometheus is a, is a good example yeah. of that. Yeah. I don't think everything about the story was great, but God the damn, design, though. And art, the, the art direction was incredible. Yeah. Um, what's another movie like that for me? What's that one with Tom Cruise? Everything was white, futuristic sci-fi. Uh, Do you remember? Not at least. Oblivion. Yeah. Oblivion. Oh yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. No, it was it was directed by the same guy who did Tron. I forget which, the guy's d- name who designed it, but he is just oh, God. The guy who designed the vehicles. Yeah. Is it Daniel Simon? Daniel Simon. See, man. But Useless. he sculpts things like oh yeah in real in, life uh, he's incredible man okay you listen, if you're listening look up Daniel Simon yeah please do uh, he is just magic one of the premier vehicle designers working today and uh, yeah he's he's incredible the n- another guy who worked on Blade Runner yes that's the one I was gonna mention let's just make these guys write down notes yeah right <laughs> I got some names yo well you got a good teacher in here so he's gonna in fact actually yeah you, you are a teacher or I, have been for a I while. guess technically I am a teacher we should yeah. talk about that okay let's talk about it actually you know before we get there I just realized like this yeah we're we're talking about too many people and we need to talk about you so uh, oh let's uh, give us a little backstory how uh, yeah how do you get into art and how did that all start because I, fe- I just think of you as guy who makes awesome art 
I don't know. We all, <laughs> I feel like we. I don't know. I feel like we all started the same way. We all tell me. We're tell drawing me. from when we were young. We were given an opportunity, and then we just kind of took it. Uh, so where did you study? I just, okay. So I studied. I'm trying to think because it was a long time ago. <laughs> I am old, Ilya. Um, He's not. He's lying. Uh, so. Yeah, I graduated high school. I went to. I was convinced after seeing a few Pixar films that I wanted to be uh, 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 an animator mm-hmm. uh, for Pixar. Pixar was my goal, and so I went to the Art Institute of Vancouver, which was. Uh, Me too. Oh man, I want to say some disparaging Dude, things. Dude, come on, nobody. Well, at the time, it was just upsetting because I feel like the administration just didn't give a damn about the students. It's a business. And we had, I remember one semester we had four different teachers, <laughs> for the same class. Wow. And it, it was just a, it was just a fucking gong show, if I can. Look at you. Pardon though. my French. I survived it. I survived it. I did a year of that, and it was a two-year program, and I thought, now fuck that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. And uh, uh, and then after that, I just took some time off. I think I worked at Starbucks in between, Safeway, true some artist. odd jobs. That's a true artist life. I did work some nine-to-five jobs. I've had a few of those actually. Uh, <laughs> I worked at a hotel. <laughs> as, a, wow. as a waiter worst job I've ever had did you meet any important people um that set you on the right path maybe I did I don't know just don't know uh fun story I, I my very first gig was serving a banquet hall of 500 firemen and in the middle of a heartbreaking speech of a guy uh saving his friend who then died I was carrying a platter of 12 large plates and smash it right in front of the speech and everyone looked at me and I was like I hate this job this is so embarrassing <laughs> I should have uh, said that's how emotional you got. Anyway, back to the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the education, and then after that, I went to Cap or I went to Van Arts mm. to further my animation education for two D film mm-hmm. or two D animation rather, and then I dropped out. I'm just a dropout, guys. Don't take notes. <laughs> don't do what I did. Maybe do though, because it worked for you. So I don't going. know. But in a way, I yeah. I learned 3D software at AI. I learned 2D animation at Van Arts, and then I dropped out. And then I went to uh, Capilano University for a year to study uh, graphic design. Nice. It was a it was a three year program, but um, I uh, you also dropped out. I was doing a lot of I was doing a lot of packaging and like book wrapping was stuff. Was that the idea program? And I just wanted to draw. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the idea program. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I was really disheartened after that, and. If I could go back, I actually have regrets. I, I would have either gone to the art, um, what's that art school in LA that everyone goes to? Jesus. Is it a private studio or? Uh, no, no it's school? it's like the no, it's like a. Pasadena College yeah. of Art and Design. What's that? What's that school called? Goddamn, Art Center. Art Center, right. yeah. Jesus, I would have gone How to that. How expensive is that though? Uh, pretty expensive. Yeah. And for international, <laughs> not not fun. No. But no. you know what? I think it would have been worth it back in the day. Or I would have gone to ACAD. Mm-hmm. If those of you listening, by the way. I would I would take the ch- I would take the plunge, um, or or just go to private schools. There's there's a we can talk about it later, but there's a mm-hmm. there's a great number of private schools I I um I would highly suggest. But then yeah, and then after that I was kind of disillusioned. I and then uh, my sister mm-hmm. uh, actually met a uh, a guy who was working as a visual effects supervisor. She was a set dresser, mm-hmm. and they struck up a conversation. And she said, "Hey, I have a brother who can kind of draw." Did you and say that? Like, Did you say kind of draw? Kind of draw. I'm sure <laughs> she, she always tries to, you know, uh, I don't know, pay me better than I am. I think <laughs> I'm like one of those artists. <laughs> Just like I'm not that good. No, but uh, and then he said for some reason, yeah, bring him along. And then we discussed a rate which was you know low, but I thought I was gonna make coffee, 
they had me modeling this super intricate spaceship. Wow. And I thought every day for two weeks straight that I was going to get fired. And uh, I was super frustrated. And then one day he just saw me drawing on a napkin this creature that they were trying to figure out. And he said, you can draw? And I said, yeah. Remember? I showed you my portfolio. And it was the worst <laughs> portfolio. It was all like abstract art. And he's like, why don't you just do that? And so I did. And then that's wow. how I started my concept art journey. I, d I worked there for uh, one more year. And then I thought to myself, wow, I really need to improve. And then went to uh, Concept Design Academy mm, yeah. in Pasadena with Kevin Chen, the almighty Kevin Chen, my favorite teacher to this day. Uh, he absolutely changed the way I look at design and art. Uh, yeah, I'm even like kind of emotional even thinking about him because <laughs> he really took me on it. He really gave me a lot of his time, and I, I will forever appreciate. And anything I do as a teacher now is be is because of him. I, I take a lot of his lessons, and I, I, I hopefully try to instill that in, mm -hmm. in students. How long were you training under him? I was collectively, I would say, nine months. So there nice. was a, yeah. I took I took one semester, and then I flew back two years later, and then did two semesters back to back. So no wonder you're drawn to. LA, I guess that's where all the good education happened. Well, I mean, LA is just, it's sunny all the time and it's just, uh, there's a lot of companies in LA and a lot of schools. So mm -hmm. people, a lot of people are in the same kind of, kind of thing. And I, I don't think bank, while it has a lot, a large plethora of, 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 uh, visual effects studios, it doesn't have the same kind of energy for concept art. As Especially LA when does. you say you're talking about private schools, my guess is they're not in Vancouver that you're going to recommend. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, they should be. They and, should and, be. And they, they definitely might, and they might be, by the way. Just as a little oh hint going forward. Dun, dun, dun. You heard it here? You heard it here, <laughs> folks. Um, what was that first project you that uh, our, our director, I guess, saw you draw creatures for? What was that project you worked oh, on? Oh, it was... Jeez, um, what was that? It was... Uh, was it a TV show? I think it was Tin Man. It was a Wizard of Oz remake. Wow. Um, that's not a like a TV a TV movie remake. This was years ago, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was fun. And then I worked on Masters of Horror, Masters of Science Fiction. It was uh, we worked on a lot of B movie type mm -hmm. stuff, which was actually pretty fun because um, yeah, it was just really gross creature <laughs> stuff. Which and the things I you're enjoyed. designing, sorry, uh, the things you're designing were they going to be three D modeled or actually built in real life as physical objects? Three D modeled. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the way you design for the real life is even more challenging. Yeah. Uh, all these constraints. Well, just that creature in specific, that was going to be a 3D model, but some mm -hmm. things were prosthetics mm -hmm. and, and otherwise. But uh, There's got to be a good way to learn because the constraints there, are, uh, if you do it wrong, it's yeah. obviously wrong. Yeah. In 3D, you get away with so much. And 3D is so cheap. It's <laughs> immense. It's so yeah. much cheaper than, uh, than anything built practically. It's a joke, yeah. really. Well, uh, we'll just do it in post. That's, that's, why, the, that's why everyone's <laughs> doing it. Yeah. yeah. And would you, so when I was looking through a portfolio, I noticed that your earlier work relied very heavily on rendering and painting, mm. or it seems like lately you've been using a lot more line. Um, maybe it's just a perception of the stuff you've been posting, but oh. uh, I wanted to ask you about that, the painting specifically and where you acquired that skill. Because when I was looking at your character work, I don't know if it was for a game, but they're quite realistic characters with slight stylization. All right. Thanks. Guns, weapons, bloody weapons. I don't know if you remember the work I'm talking about. Guns, but the weapons, blood. Yeah, the rendering <laughs> The rendering was beautiful, but it still had... Uh, you didn't hide the brushstrokes as much, and uh, I really appreciated that. But it looked like you had you had a good understanding of color and just painting. It, is that Where did that knowledge come from specifically? Would you say it's from the your mentor? Um, I No, I think... 
if, if you're referring to Kevin Chen, I think mm. what I mostly got from him was was the design aspect of mm. uh, creating. But in terms of painting, I think everyone wants to kind of have that painterly feel. I think most people do. Yeah. No, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you're a painter. You. Uh, I like it a lot. For of those of you who don't it. know, I mean, Ilya. Ilya is a, an amazing painter. I, uh, we should talk about you, goddammit. No, you, How did you, you start your journey? No, we're going to talk about you. Okay. You can ask one question. You only get one later. But okay, I'll, I'll, I'll save it. I'll think of a good one <laughs> in the back of my head. But um, uh, I, I, um, I, uh, my, my mom had a whole bunch of Norman Rockwell books. Oh, yes. And so while I, I, I thought some of this stuff was kind of cheesy at times, but I loved the way he painted. I thought it was very articulate, mm-hmm. very... Uh, there's a lot of character to the way he drew hands, the way he drew folds, and I, it always stuck with me, and I thought it was quite stylized in itself, and so there was that, and then I, I discovered painters like Sargent and Soroya, which we talked yeah, about we talked later about, on, yeah. and, um, and Ilya Repin, which today is uh, probably my favorite painter. Oh, yeah. And Ilya Repin, I, I found out when I was 19 or something. So it was just that. It was just trying to... And then, obviously, looking at uh, people who do concept art I just thought, oh, these guys paint like that. And a lot of that was me trying to emulate the way they painted. And so w- were you actually copying, especially the masters? Or yeah. were you just looking at them? Yeah, I've, I've, I, uh, I think that was the one thing that helped me uh, a lot with the rendering. Probably the most was studying masters and then doing my own still lifes. That, uh, yeah, that really, that really helped me jump. That's really cool. Of. It worked. And, and, and so... Am I correct to say that you've been working a lot more with line these days than painting? No. No? That's interesting, though. Mm-hmm. You're just assuming that because of the Instagram. Uh, art station, I guess you could say as well. Although, no, you paint. I just, for example, the work that stands out quite a lot and is the G-Kick Geronimo stuff. Oh, right. Okay. Like Beautifully yeah. designed, a lot of line work. There's, Thanks, man. You've been sketching a lot, I would say, uh, at least once again. This is just a... And that's why... It, it's a skewed perception because I only see what you let me see. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I, yeah. So I guess you are painting a lot as well. I counted in my, in my, in my drive on my computer. There's about 75 plus images, like designs I've worked on that I won't show anyone. Because they're not allowed like to? Like I spent, no, I just don't want to. I just, Why not? <laughs> they just don't, I don't think they represent what I want to show. And so I think it's just it's just that process. I mean, part of it is not letting people see, but it's also just I'm just curious about myself. I know that sounds kind of almost egotistical, but I just I'm just curious about what makes me tick and and those explorations, those failures, let's call it, help me see where I'm at and uh, when I get something that that resonates with me that I'm willing to show, that's when I show up. But then when when it's Instagram, those are sketches, those are kind of those are just fun little things that uh, represent me and they're, they're mostly pencil drawings and uh, there's a there's a lot of fun with pencil and they're I, the most fun to see though they are yeah I think we talked about that once again uh, and I keep mentioning art show I had an art show that was a group show last yeah. week or this week but we also talked about seeing rough work from artists and how much that shows versus a finished piece right? yeah 100% I think when you were talking about uh, you know what's so funny is that I say a boot and uh, <laughs> I didn't know that until I was teaching in LA and all my students <laughs> made fun of me constantly so Canadian. About. It's good. Uh, about. Uh, their, uh, what was I saying? I, uh, you, you were mentioning uh, paint, like what, what drives them to paint the way um, I do and mm-hmm. others the way to paint that they do. I think everyone is very drawn to pencils mm-hmm. for the same reason they're drawn to the naturalism of, of the, 
that pain stroke. It feels mm-hmm. it feels tangible. It feels tactile in a way. Yeah. And I think uh, what I'm very drawn to in terms of art is that naturalistic feeling. We want to see. We want to. We we're not really drawn to things that feel synthetic. So yeah, when I paint in terms of concept art, it's really just a lie. It's really we're we're being <laughs> not a lie, but it's a uh, I don't I don't know the I don't know the right word, but we're just trying to create an illusion. Create an illusion yeah. per se, because design is is a very weird thing when you think about it in the broad sense. It's uh, it's it's a thing that you need for production to like the the actual art piece doesn't really matter. It's it's just it's going to help with the creation. It's of a the tool film. to get to the it, final product. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. But you want to help evoke this feeling, and 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 selling it with uh, the sense of naturalism that the feeling of paint provides helps sell that mood, mm-hmm. if, if I explain that correctly. You yeah, know? completely. And and I think it's important to not give up on the fact that the final is not going to be seen, but maintain the artistry in it, right? Because you're saying yeah. if it's just yeah. a tool to get to the final product, well, you could do it just as bare minimum as possible, but yeah. you still got to have fun. Well, at the, and at and the same time, you have to create a project that's going to excite you and the team you're working exactly. for. You yeah. want to keep that momentum going. You that's do have the responsibility, actually, too. Yeah, you have to inspire to get everyone else down the line to yeah. get excited about the project you're working on. Yeah, and, and for those listening, I'm sure you've, you've felt the same way that uh, when, you, when you finish a design, whether it's 3D or, or, or 2D, and people see it on the team, like, "Whoa, that's so cool!" It makes them want to elevate their their skill set, and that's mm-hmm. the best thing. Because when I do a design, I don't really want people to follow des- the design outright. I want them to make it better, be inspired by it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, it I doesn't agree. it doesn't interest me when I just uh, showcase a blueprint and you know people copy it. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to go back to those seventy five paintings you talked about. Let's go back. <laughs> How do you know you're your best judge? How do you know if you're the best judge of your own work? Oh, I'm probably not. That's what I mean. I don't know. It's just uh, uh, the work is probably fine. It's just uh, most likely it's amazing. I don't know. I would never <laughs> call my work amazing. How dare you? That's why I will. <laughs> you don't have to say it. <laughs> Lately, it's been uh, sometimes I use different indicators, but I, I ask myself the question. Uh, I ask two questions. One, which I stole from a, a friend of mine, which is, um, would I steal this if I saw it? Mm. Because Sometimes I'll see work. I'm like, I wish I thought of that. That's a good criteria. And the other one is, uh, would I hang this in my place? Mm. Which is a very interesting thing. I wouldn't hang a lot of concept art, but... Mm. Um, There's I, some, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But lately I've been... Concept art, is a, it is kind of a... Dis, it's, it's an illusion type of thing. So lately I've been trying to get a lot more into photography and, and the, the aesthetic of the old masters in my work. And so... That's I think that kind of that kind of stuff has a a, a, a classicism to it, if I can, if yeah, I can say yeah. that, you know. Whereas if you, some some concept art looks very Hollywood, looks very yeah. overly polished. There's rim lights everywhere, and <laughs> I think there, I want to get back to like a, a simplicity that photography provides. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, this uh, gives a ne- really nice transition to kind of the next subject about how. S- how so many people do get inspired by like if you're only if you're, the only thing you're looking at is concept art yeah to for inspiration it is why like you're saying everything a lot of things end up looking hollywood whatever that yeah. means whatever that you know whatever sells which seems to be a bit of a problem actually and i like the fact that this is a bit of a full circle where if you started with looking at sergeant and rockwell when you're young just trying to get better at art i mean just looking at kind of last uh, couple of months of stuff you posted uh, i think you did like a herschel study i think uh, to demo oh, 
such a shame about that guy because I was trying to find more paintings, but that painting has been on my desktop for I about love a year. That one and so I, much. I think that's got to be there's a there's the I don't know something with the Cossacks that Repin did. Mm. Do you know that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, they're all sitting. Uh, it's yeah. a big white white. It's shirt. it's the best painting ever. That oh. and uh, the one by Herschel is are my two favorite paintings. Okay, by far. Everyone, make yourself uh, do yourself a favor. That's what people say. Look up uh, so Adolf Harami Herschel. If I can spell that, I don't know. How to spell I gotta that. try to remember the name of the painting because, damn, and it's uh, is it right now? I'm working on a project and I'm uh, doing painting two greek gods it's athena and oh, I'm cool. painting uh, and what's who's the guy dude i can't wait to see that is it hermes hermes is it the god in this i movie? think that's hermes yeah. yeah i think that's he's uh in the isn't he in like the land of the dead yeah he he's the one who i think uh helps people go get to the land of the dead among among all the other things so the, the name of the painting by herschel is the souls of acheron h-e-r-o-n yeah oh my god that palette. You know what's interesting about those two paintings? Because they are absolutely my two favorite paintings. Mm. They, um, um, without going too in depth about myself, oh, I feel like go in depth. the one with uh, the Cossacks that Repin did, and that one, they're very different in a sense, but they completely define what I'm interested in art. One is a very jovial sense of community, a lot of colors, a lot of textures. Um, it's a really beautiful painting, guys. Check it out. And then the other one by Herschel is a very yeah. haunting, mm -hmm. subtle, kind of stirring image um, that's very dark and moody. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, these two things are, are avenues I, I constantly want to explore with my art going forward. And uh, you were mentioning, so it's the mood. It's that storytelling and the mood, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think... I think before I was almost more concerned about the story. Mm -hmm. I think when I'm creating imagery, I, I was so hell bent on telling the audience like, hey, this is the story. This is what's happening. Can you see? Can you see the conversation? But <laughs> I think that's too obvious. I think, I think mood should be the prevailing uh, vehicle for driving it forward. It should be about letting the audience guess what's going on. And it's that space for interpretation as well, right? Exactly. Which is so important. Rather yeah. than slapping them in the face like, Man, the thing about this Cossacks painting I don't get is that, like, all these people either had to pose in those beautiful, like, like such lively expressions, yeah. which they probably didn't. Yeah. But most likely happened. He, this guy is so freaking good that he yeah. just, hey, can you stand up for ten minutes? Okay, now I know. Well, I mean, he, he has <laughs> and then a, years and years of hard work. He has an immense sense of of, of balance. I mean, to to pull that off. I mm -hmm. mean, if you guys, if if anyone's looking at that, to pull off all those textures, all those yeah. values jumping around, and still have a main focal point and have it be very clear that's man they're, they're no joke <laughs> those are some good paintings <laughs> all right you're, all right. you're russian are you not uh i am from kazakhstan okay cool and you are you croatian is yeah uh, my my mother is uh croatian my dad's polish oh cool i'm actually going to be going to russia i think in september or october and i'll i'll be going Sweet. to the saint petersburg museum to check out oh, rep and you're gonna oh man gonna i can't wait unbelievable i i got it well i haven't been there See, I haven't seen those paintings, so I definitely have to go. I think next summer is come, dude. <laughs> let's yeah? go together, okay, man. That'd go. be great. That would be really fun. Actually, I'm going with my family. Well, we'll see. We can talk about it after. Let's talk about it. Let's <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> and um, let's tell the audience exact dates, exact yeah, hotels. <laughs> you can meet us in the airport. Hey, and so this is another good tangent. So I think one of my favorite pieces by you recently, at least of, of what you posted, was that uh, "Songs of the Fallen" painting, which was inspired by that painting. Which the f Nice and and the f and the, the fact that you wrote, I think your little caption was like um, like a song of my people. I don't remember what you wrote, but here's an opportunity where you took your culture and you brought it into art design and yeah and to, into your painting, and I think that's part of the reason why 
I loved it so much is because now you brought yourself into it. Yeah. Even more so, I guess. I think that one more than most uh, I've brought into. There's a little story with that. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be part of um, uh, a group called Katerinas Stepinats, and it was a it was a folk uh, it was a folk music group where I would play a, a tiny instrument, un not unlike the the mandolin that was called the tamborita, mm -hmm. and there was four or five different uh, instruments, and people would be singing during, and uh, it was it was a very folk style uh, uh, music playing, and uh, that was a huge part of my life, uh, six, seven years when I was a kid. And I went to Croatia two years ago for, um, I, was, I was given a talk at IFCC. Mm. And it was a great time and opportunity to hang out with friends I hadn't seen in a long time. I was, I was sharing a house with uh, Marco Nellor, Dave Lavisi, mm. Hunter Schultz. Uh, I love these guys. Rock stars. Yeah, and um, they're great people. And uh, somehow, I, I was boxing at the time. I was getting ready for a fight and uh, someone, came to the gym with mumps and I contracted it and I was like patient number 48 or something <laughs> like that and I actually boarded a flight to Croatia not knowing what's going on uh, and then when I got there I told the guys I think I have mumps and then I had to I had to isolate myself in a hotel room <laughs> by myself for for seven days and wow. I was like a chipmunk I don't know if you guys didn't like <laughs> those old photographs with people with the the napkins around their head yeah, tied yeah. with the knot at the, at the top that's what I <laughs> it was pretty much like it was it was it sucked i couldn't it was uh, extremely contagious and i was very upset just locked in my hotel room and at two o'clock in the morning uh people were just talking outside drunkenly laughing <laughs> and then all of a sudden I, I look outside my hotel window and there's these two guys just singing just singing this song and it kind of sounded familiar something i, I heard from when i was a kid and then across the court three more girls joined them and they started singing in harmony the song and I'm, holy crap and then three more guys showed and then another two and then by the end of it there was at least 14 people singing the song oh. that they all knew and i it's gonna sound really weird but i started crying because I, I was i was so isolated i felt so alone mm -hmm. and then in this moment I, I felt so connected to these people that uh you know i used to spend um many many summers in croatia mm -hmm. when i was a kid and i just felt very connected to these people all of a sudden and and it just kind of stirred this moment of, of, of just a community with song. And I think song is a thing that brings people together. And so that's just, that was the inspiration for that song. And, I, and warriors are badass, so I made them warriors. <laughs> of course. But do you think you'll be, have you done any pieces before that that were tied to your culture? Yeah, I have a few um, that are on my hard drive. Um, and yeah, they're, I have some stories that I've written and... Yeah, yeah, I have a few of that. I only ask, and I, I think why I like it is because I don't know if you follow Nicolas Uribe. Uh, I think Uribe. No, I don't He's know. He's a Colombian painter. He has a Kickstarter going right now. Okay. Uh, I'm an incredible painter, but he was actually, uh, he was on a podcast a podcast called Your Creative Push. Look it up. Um, oh, I, I really like that interview. And so one he was saying about, I think it was something like a conversation about style or being yourself. And the point he was making is that what makes a painting or a piece of artwork special by you is the fact that like, when you're trying to be yourself and you're, what you're doing is you're drawing from your own experiences mm. from your own life. So right. uh, to make a successful and unique painting, you have to bring something into it what's actually part of you. Like, instead of you know trying to make a badass orc because he looks badass orc and Blizzard did it, you have to do something that... W what kind of life have you lived 
is what makes you special, you know, uh, um, yeah. among all the other things. And so when you br bring in something uh, from yourself is when it makes it really unique. And I really love what he was saying. And I feel like mm. I heard that e echoed by a lot of artists. And uh, I try to, now I'm trying to follow that more. But so when I saw the painting and the little blurb you wrote and the fact that it's part of your culture, it felt so authentic. I, I, I want to see more. And I guess uh, maybe, maybe the question is... Do you feel responsibility to talk about where you come from? Do you feel like, uh, um, what's your, I guess maybe your, your thoughts on that? Well, let me just say before I, yeah. I expand on that, I feel like you do the same with your work. I feel like when I see your work, I, I feel very connected to you. And without you saying much Thanks. about it, I, I feel I feel like, a, yeah, it's very refreshing seeing your heart, if I Thanks, can say man. that. And uh, in a way, I kind of feel like we're brothers. We're kind of come from a similar place and... Uh, I, oh, I kind yeah, of yeah. Um, like even when I saw that painting of your dog, which um, you know it's a sad story, but I, I felt very connected to that, and uh, much because it, it happened to me. But I, I felt the sensitivity in your work, and uh, yeah. So if I'm talking about my work, I feel like all I want to do going forward is just be a little bit more investigative about myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm inherently interesting. I'm just saying. That's where art should come from. But that, that's what makes you interesting is the fact that it's you. Like, you are you. And that's, well, you know, that's what I want to know. Like, Hopefully I'm interesting enough. I mean, that's that's the hope. I mean, if you're I, not, then... Yes, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, that should be the main thing that people should pull their inspirations from. And it doesn't always have to be that. Sometimes it can just be you watch a movie about robots and you want to make a movie about mm -hmm. uh, a painting about that and that's enough. But I feel like sometimes the... Or, or rather the times I get most connected to people's work is when I can feel themselves I can feel their passion their heart and yeah I do feel that with your work uh, I want to say that I appreciate it thanks and so yeah I think going forward it, there's a there's a funny thing with concept art and, and, and film where you're almost not everyone's like this but I, I, I felt like I was removed from my personal interests my mm -hmm. my uh, my personal expression because you're just trying to fulfill the the design wishes of an art director and so now that i'm on my own i have an opportunity to fully yeah tell tell my story or someone else's story and just kind of be investigative about myself and others mm -hmm. and look around so yeah having said that this must be the biggest reason why people well, we started talking about why some people get tired of working in at a job and it must be that it's just not being able to be you so much through yeah. your art right yeah, yeah. I, I i feel like and i want to say this because i think it's an important point i think that that boy that fell in love with jurassic park and just wanted to be wanted to work with his friends to create something special i think there's a lot of truth in that still but it's there's another avenue and that avenue doesn't have to be just that you don't have to work just in a company you can I mean, it, with technology being so available and software being so available, you can create your own stories. There's avenues for that. There's there's possibility for that, for you to be even more successful than you can uh, have ever imagined. And um, yeah, it's a great it's a great time to be an artist. Mm -hmm. it's a, we're we're very lucky at this time. Definitely. Yeah. But uh, about your culture, would you want to represent it more? Do you feel like you have to? I, that's the thing is that I got to. I got to be honest with myself. I feel like more of a Canadian than I do a, a Croatian. That's exactly person. how I feel too. Yeah. So yeah. there's a bit. I don't want to feel like a, a, a fraud, but I, every time I go back to Croatia, I feel a huge surge of energy and and I feel like, yeah, that goes for any 
anyone, anytime you express your culture, it's always a great thing. It can always be a uni- unique and interesting thing. It's just whatever makes you tick. And I think that makes me tick. And I think going forward, yeah, yeah I do want to, I do want to represent it a little bit more. And hopefully, I can show that with my art going forward. Yeah, and you, so you're talking about also writing stories. I, I really excited to where how that balance of art and story kind of how that goes forward yeah how long have you been writing um for the i mean it's not all the time but uh for the last part of two years i've been working on a few scripts and they're man they're challenging i think we get it's so easy in i mean comparatively creating art and not having to worry about structure or 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 does this character have his right moment Mm. are we building this character up enough it's it's, man writers uh it's a really complicated job and so i'm i'm trying to read as much as possible and and uh yeah i i don't want to speak on that too much because i'm i really don't classify classify myself as a writer i i haven't been the ringer but i will say it's it's challenging and uh, extremely extremely rewarding Mm -hmm. it's very but kind of how you said that as an artist you got into it is to tell stories. It's such a, an yeah. important part of being an artist, and I, I would say it's probably a skill that's lacking from a lot of us. Just because being a good writer is a, another like whole life to get become a really good writer is you know right. take you a lifetime. Just like it take you a lifetime to become a really good artist. So yeah. if you ignore one and focus on the other, it's it's not going to happen quickly. And like right. you saying how hard it is, it's yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, I think I mentioned it actually on the podcast before, but how I think it was Neil, Neil Gaiman saying how artists took you know their whole lifetimes to get very good at drawing and then they expect to become a good writer in a day and it's like yeah no it's silly (laughs) it's silly and it's it's a it's another thing because you can you can actually if you're a concept artist and you're quite capable you can sell a story Mm -hmm. without much writing because the visuals carry it over and you let people also bring in their story into the image that's the beauty of it where you're not spoon feeding like you're leaving room for interpretation exactly i think there was one guy who created a book um he i don't know if he was a swedish danish guy he created a book of landscapes with a sci-fi kind of twist to them sort of pastoral imagery with but um, try to look it up yeah 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 i think he sold he sold the rights and i think i'm i don't know if he wrote it but i want to see that world whatever yeah sandberg i think is his last name if i'm not mistaken simon sandberg yeah there you go this guy's Simon. Damn, I'm good with names. Are you though? Stalin. <laughs> oh, was I wrong? I think oh, you were wrong then. Okay, no, but God. you're still good with names. All right, good. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, this good, that. I yeah, seeing those paintings, like you want to know more about the world. Yeah, and, that, and I, I would say that's a successful piece of art then. If yeah, it makes you want to know more. I mean, if you're a studio, I mean, if, if you're in the mindset of you want to sell something, that's a very attractive thing mm-hmm. to have the rights to because the world is your oyster. Essentially, mm-hmm. you can make whatever representation of that world you want mm-hmm. attach whatever writers I, I think he might have uh some writing responsibilities with that but it's very exciting the fact mm-hmm. that he um he might have been just illustrating at home and now he he can he can really make some momentum with this and mm-hmm. I, i'm so excited I, I i hope it's i hope uh mm-hmm. i hope it gets it was really an far. Imp- impressive amount of paintings it was a lot of, yeah it was a lot and really like good and talk about brushwork when you zoom in it's it's got that impressionism. It's got a bit of like almost like chalk or something. I was astounded chalk. to learn that it was all digital. Yeah. If, if it is, I hope I'm. Yeah. But it looks it looks like acrylic or gouache. And right? you look at that art and you can tell the guy was classically trained or some sort. You know, there's yeah. something about like studying, as you mentioned before, studying either the masters or how color works. But yeah. he, he had he had all the points checked off. It was like he's got he had everything. Yeah. There was look a it up. Simon Stalinghag. 
uh, I took a class in uh, in L.A. Uh, with June on. If you guys don't know who this guy oh, yeah. is, J O O N A H N. That's his name, and um, he's an amazing artist. He works at, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's I think it's Riot Games. But um, yeah, he told me there's three pillars of art um, that you need to create a, success- a successful uh, piece, and um, one of the side is technical. Mm-hmm. That, ne- that means it needs to be technically proficient the painting needs to be nice okay it needs to look uh oh man i'm 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 drawing a blank now one of the other sides is um the creativity i can't remember the other side the technical okay the lighting it needs to be good but the other side that people don't get is the that creativity mm-hmm. like most people can make a nice thing a uh, uh, piece of art look nice mm-hmm. but as far as bringing in some originality a breath of fresh air uh, mm-hmm. the the creativity that's really hard and i think that's what he did you bring mm-hmm. in that element where uh, it checks all the all the boxes it looks great the mood's there but you got story and creativity I, I wonder if story part of but yeah i can't believe so i forgot the last pillar it's I'll, okay. I'll get back we'll, we'll wait you can <laughs> you can write me a message i'll, I'll post it what, do, what would you say um what was the the thing you've been struggling with the most lately um, I am in a forever struggle with design, always. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll, I think I'll always be, I'll always feel like I'll be pretty good at design, but it's a thing that I'll always struggle with. Mm-hmm. And drawing, drawing and design. I, I think, I think painting is, it's going to sound weird, but it's almost a means to an end. It's, I don't think it's as inherently important, as important as, uh, as design in the sense that you look at Sid Mead. Mm-hmm. He's not really focused on loose, uh, loose edges, or um, or getting a nat- nice natural feel. Everything about the way he presents work is chiefly focused on design. And I love looking at his work because it's so simplistic but uh, so beautiful at the same mm-hmm. time. And so that's that's really what I I always want to focus on. Mm-hmm. I, I I always want to struggle with that. I never want to feel like uh, competent yeah. with that in a way. And desi- design, design just sounds sounds like so much thinking. I, I think the reason why it is so hard is on top of everything else that makes a good image, you have to be just thinking about yeah, uh, the, the purpose, the function, yeah. the visual sh- language, and so many things on top of just like you're saying, making a cool image. But I don't want this to be the question, by the way. But what what's the thing that you uh, that you struggle with? I'll say, well, in life is just like time balance and having enough time oh, for yeah. everything. But yeah. in art... Um, so you're saying you're a brilliant designer. I get it. <laughs> Damn you. What are you saying? What? <laughs> you're, you're saying you're a brilliant designer. No, okay. not even. No. <laughs> in art, no, I think it's n- knowing what to focus on. I, I like a lot of types of art, and I think... So, I, you know, I want to try to make cool illustrations. I would try to make cool designs. And yeah. I, and I don't know if that split focus helps, which is, and so I asked a lot of artists the question of if you know yourself, and I asked you that already. Yeah. Because I think that helps to know what to focus on. Right. And at this point, I don't know if I can, you know, pull it off, but trying to do a little bit of both. And I'm trying not to stretch myself too much. I think eventually it has to be narrowed down, but. Yeah, well, we're, yeah. we're similar in, in the respect that we both work in as designers, as, uh, respectively, in mm-hmm. our own fields. Uh, um, you were with animation mm-hmm. more centric and, and on the side you're pursuing your own personal mm-hmm. journey so I like to think that a good sense for example as you mentioned a good sense of design can be translated 
uh, in any piece of art or through any painting you know even if you for example right. you look at that Repin painting yeah. and uh, although um, he's working with existing designs but I think design encompasses great composition the way your eye moves around the image yeah uh, which is like that's the kind of visual design of the actual visual elements i know what you're talking about is also if you're creating if you're creating a new vehicle or a character yeah. and if you want to tell a story about a character through a little rip on their clothes uh, how do you show their story mm. through their face you know that that's beyond the fact that hey they're riding this motorcycle and it's been built in 20 yeah, uh, 2020 or whatever. That sense of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's part of design, but I would try to say, and I think, I, I like to think, and I hope so, that these skills can be practiced and trained through any medium, as long as you're conscious of it. And so actually, uh, maybe a better answer to your question is, I find it very hard to always be conscious of learning and thinking when creating art. I think it's very easy to just turn off and make an image. Oh, I wish I could And do it's that so image. challenging. I think my problem yeah. is that I, I, I think too much. I These days it's I've been... Problem. I don't know if it's the best problem. The good thing is that I'm thinking a lot about art. The bad thing is that I'm thinking a lot about art. It's <laughs> like a, it's a yeah, it's a double-edged sword, um, because you don't want to let the meditation about what you're trying to create cripple you from creating the art. Mm-hmm. And so, I think I've, I'm getting better at that. Uh, writing really helps. Mm-hmm. I got, in my design process has been a lot smoother ever since I started writing exactly my intention of what I want to design and how I want how I want the person seeing this to feel mm-hmm. and I think emotion is something I wasn't really considering in art for a long time it was more just can I make this look badass why do you think <laughs> I don't know I don't know I think I was not woke <laughs> I just was not woke no uh, I don't know it's uh, I think inherently I always like no one wants to make art that doesn't elicit an emotion but I think I think I, it wasn't until the last few years that I really understood how important mood, the role mood plays mm-hmm. when you're viewing art. Um, yeah, there's a lot of abstraction that I'm only recently discovering about art. I think a lot of time was spent on the technicality of it. Can I draw correctly? Can I light correctly? That's what I was going to say. Those skills have to come first, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I kind of wish I went... When, when I was at uh, Capilano University, we used to make fun of the Emily Carr students <laughs> because they used to, they used to draw, they used to weir- have weird projects um, and they were completely, I don't know, I don't want to yeah, disparage th- anything they were doing, but let's just say they were very conceptual. conceptual. <laughs> and we were doing very technical things. We were mm-hmm. learning color swatches and mm-hmm. how to draw proficiently. But on the flip side, I think, I, I think I, I wish I... Uh, I learned like that more conceptually to mm-hmm. think to think more. Uh, I think I think a lot of people want to get into this field without without the why. They're just they just see an artist that they admire. Oh, I want to be that good, but they're not really sure of their intentions of art. They're not really sure of what they're trying to say with art. Mm-hmm. They're not sure of where it's going to lead them down the road. And um, I think not, it's not necessarily an, a regret, but it's it's a thing that had I gone back, I yeah I. I think I would have instilled that a lot more in my process. It just means you have to learn it now. Which yeah. Is probably harder. Right? Which is, no, it's not necessarily harder. It's just, it's actually kind of exciting. It's going to take a long time no matter what, though, whether you're younger and you yeah. get to do that. Yeah. Because it goes back to that really knowing yourself and why you're doing it. Yeah. And I also wonder uh, if that's another reason why artists get burnt out because uh, naturally when you're younger, you don't realize... 
you don't have time to think about why it's it's like you mentioned you want to be as cool as whatever this guy but you haven't talked to that guy and the, and that guy hasn't told you kind of like you have today that you know it's not all about just making this images for someone else in fact right. it's more about you like, what what is you and uh, i think yeah. craig mullins has been speaking quite a lot about that lately and it's i think it's really important for everyone to hear the god of concept art <laughs> he <laughs> is the god about <laughs> <laughs> speaking about i don't know just yeah this, this, this seven-year-old guy is more jacked than I am. Look at him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We need a camera in There's here. There's so many guys like that. <laughs> uh, people uh, walking by outside. Once again, it's a... <laughs> it's a Sorry, if I we, didn't if mean to interrupt. If you had a sketchbook right now, yeah. try, to be, try I, that guy. I apologize for interrupting. Like no, no. <laughs> that guy looked like a superhero. Uh, he did. Um, <sighs> yeah, you, you had a good point about that. We're um, talking about uh, yeah, be, being you or... Uh, well, or why knowing why and then like the conceptual side of why which well, is emotion and mood as well yeah the, th the same things that drive Craig Mullins is not going to drive anyone else and then uh, what, another one of my favorite designers wor designers working today is Aaron Beck if you guys don't mm. know who he is please check him out A-A-R-O-N-B-E-C-K uh, B-E-C-K yeah. uh, brilliant designer a brilliant robotic um, weapons designer you can really do it all but uh, I, I see a lot of people emulating him or trying to design like him uh to myself i mean uh, even myself uh, in certain areas I, I i look at what he does and man i wish i could design like him but here's the thing with aaron beck is that he has an absolute adoration for vehicles i mean the guy works on cars all the time mm -hmm. he he like understands actual cars actual cars <laughs> he understands actual machinery and another thing that people wouldn't really understand or notice about his work is that he's obsessed with nature, obsessed mm. with spiders and insects. And you see that a lot in his work. And a lot of people try to replicate his style, but they don't have that same love. It's not enough to uh, just be in love with cars. You need something else. You need that special sauce. And he's got <laughs> that special sauce because it's it's him. He's trying to just, he knows he's in love with the nature. He goes really deep in that world and you see it in his art. And I, I feel like, everyone has that has that special sauce you just got to find out what that is and and that's the best kind of concept art i think when the people who actually know that stuff get to get to make it yeah where when you when there's a like a you see inside the car and actually makes sense yeah and you, you may not know it but it'll yeah. feel right it'll feel like oh this this makes sense this is yeah, well, yeah like tactile like uh, one of the things i can't stand when i look at art especially students work no, I, I can't i don't want to say can't stand because this is a develop <laughs> developing thing <laughs> you <laughs> fucks how could you how could you fail me no you understand why but yes you can't stand <laughs> uh no but when they're doing robotic designs but it doesn't look <laughs> functional or yeah. tactile i mean we as human beings we love things that look tactile there's a great um interview done about halo uh, when halo was designing the two vehicles um, the Jeep, I can't remember. What, did you ever play that game, Halo? Played one of some, a couple of versions. There's I know there's many now. There's two vehicles. There's mm -hmm. like there's like a basically a vehicle that is much like a Jeep, and then an alien spaceship that floats. It's very mm, fast and speedy, so. maneuverable. And they were they thought that oh everyone's gonna love this purple badass spaceship because it, yeah. it's maneuverable. But everyone kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, kind of went toward the the jeep because it felt comfortable mm. and and it, they were familiar with the workings of it that that goes along with design today it's the same reason why blade runner looks the way it does that very tactile dirty feeling star wars is the same way we want things to look like it's been lived in mm -hmm. worn in and it, 
it, there's a human element to that. They're tied to real life, right? It, ex- exactly. Yeah. And that's what uh, Aaron Beck does for me. That's what Sid Mead does with his work, as clean as it is. Um, so that's one area. That's one pillar of the the artistic spec artistic spectrum. But the other thing is that special sauce, which is that nature thing. And yeah, which is know. just him. him being which which is him just yeah, being him. Him loving spiders and all that. Like yeah, 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 he's just being him and him going hard. <laughs> Yeah. What's that line about Childish Gambino? Don't be mad because I'm doing me better than you doing you. That's <laughs> that's kind of what... I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm a hip-hop aficionado, but... that's a, It was a very good album, though. Yeah, it was yeah. a good one. But that's that's true. I mean, <laughs> I think everyone should feel like that. Everyone should feel like they're doing the best version of themselves. And uh, that only comes with time or, mm-hmm. or a very strong sense of a personal identity. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe looking inward more than outward. Yeah. I mean, kind of trend, yeah. Uh, more I, more inward than yeah, that what you're saying yeah, yeah. which is a challenging thing super, especially when yeah. you look at the b- broad spectrum of art and oh, it's overwhelming amazing art like a really really good art that you want to be like everyone else yeah and that's right. yeah i get crushed all the time i get crushed <laughs> by guys who are 21 and i'm like you just learned photoshop and you're painting you son of a bitch but um know, right? it's difficult to just yeah. lock yourself up in a cabin and just want to create art yeah all right, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, this uh, the brainstorm and the traveling and the teaching. I oh, th- sure. I think it's really cool, or it seemed like a. Let's really talk cool about the drive to LA where I almost died on the highway. Ooh, yeah, I didn't know about that. Let's hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told anyone this. I actually I actually spun on the road. I I, I wow. did this twice. Once in Vancouver where I nearly totaled my car, and then once on the highway in Oregon where I completely did a three sixty on the highway, almost got clipped by a semi truck <laughs> right behind me. Man. Oh my god! You've given, you've Slight given rain on the chance. road. Um, yeah, I drive an, an obnoxious sports car, so it's it's <laughs> bound to happen. But um, yeah, sorry. Go on with your. <laughs> no, no. So tell me about the the journey of uh, leaving your job, going to teach in LA. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what was it like to? I mean, maybe about that, and also, I don't know if you've taught before, but actually, you've done some workshops. But what did it? What have you learned from being a teacher? Yeah. Well, let me just start with the dis- the, the journey. I mean, uh, full disclosure, I was. I was extremely nervous to be on my own. I thought, what am I without this identity of being part of this uh, elite team of people, ILM? I thought <laughs> that was part of my identity. In a weird way, it sounds so weird to say now because I, I'm not attached to it at but all. I completely but understand, and I think a lot of people feel that. It's a prestige, right? Yeah, but I couldn't be happier at this state of my life now that I'm free of the shackles and of this oppressive... No, I'm kidding. Now no. you're just you. Uh, yeah, now I'm just now I'm just me and whatever I want to make of that. And um, I, uh, a good friend of mine, John Park, uh, offered me a position to teach one of the semesters, and we we had been talking about it for the better part of a year and a half. And we found the right time, and I gave my company two months' notice. And then, for the first part, I was actually flying back and forth to LA for five weekends in a row. If you can imagine all yeah. those things, yeah. all, all those times at LAX and. Yeah, it was um, it was actually my first time teaching in a physical classroom setting. I've done two classes uh, online, and I've done a, a whole slew of mentoring, uh, just individually through students online. I'm actually currently doing that right now. Uh, but yeah, it was it was great. I really I really enjoyed discussion. I think that's the kind of way I I, I like teaching, is just discussing things. Dis- like when I look at students' work, I'm not trying to instill my personal views of how I see the world or design. I'm trying to get out of them what they want to do, mm-hmm. what, how they want to problem solve, and then just kind of guide them on that path. Sometimes they don't really have uh, 
sometimes they don't really understand design in a sense and design's hard to teach and you can guide them away or gu- guide them in a certain way or give them hints that's guy that guy's carrying a small <laughs> boat you know those boats you carry in a bottle <laughs> he's carrying that the guy's know, really weird biking in one hand he's we're, holding a we're boat we're in East Vancouver there's a whole bunch of interesting characters here yeah. come with a sketchbook and enjoy my favorite thing I used to go to this cafe next door mm-hmm. what's it called uh, Acme Cafe yeah. I used to spend hours just drawing people just this is the place the, we, have, we have the most interesting characters it's a if, uh, if you're outside of Vancouver when you do come here yeah hang out on these tastings yeah but um or don't <laughs> yeah, or for sure don't I just talked to a lady and before I got here and her bike was stolen so maybe don't leave your bike out but I, ever, I think everyone who's lived here who's owned a bike has got their bike stolen <laughs> here's your uh, knowledge about Vancouver for the day <laughs> enjoy <laughs> now back to the teaching story <laughs> um, so getting the design out of students yeah sometimes they don't know it Man, it's, it's a really hard thing. It's hard to teach design. It, some people say you either have it or you don't. I think it's just a matter of um, opening up a channel of the way they view the world that maybe they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And I think I was ho- hopefully successful in that. Um, and there's a, there's a huge gift you get as a teacher when you can help elevate a student. I love seeing people's growth. I love... I love seeing hungry people. Mm-hmm. I don't care much for people. So I don't really care for your skill level. I, I care how how bad you want it, how hungry you are. And if you're hungry, oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride on you hard and make sure you get <laughs> to the level you want to get to. And um, I uh, yeah, I spend a lot of my free time on Facebook, and sometimes I'd Skype with students off hours because I was I just I was invested in them. I was I was very excited about them being excited. It's it's a it's an energy thing, you know. Just like this conversation, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about your Me journey. As well. Thanks. And it's just I want to keep that momentum going as much as possible. And I think this is a good point about how you should try to surround yourself with people who will continue getting you excited even when you're out of school. Yeah. Because I feel like being in school has such a or classes has such a magical feeling of everyone, like you said, or maybe not everyone, but some people being so hungry and you want to stick with them. Yeah. But once you're out, you you have to find a way of having people around you who just work so hard they scare you and inspire you at the same time scare you is a good word yeah, actually yeah. that feeling like oh fuck <laughs> yeah like that uh i i so love slight competition is great in the yeah. workplace yeah. i uh, i've elevated my skill the most from that mm. i think it's healthy what uh, what what have you learned from teaching um is there anything you got out of it for yourself yeah i think teaching inherently you're you're constantly reminded of things that you 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 sh- that that should be at the back of your head all the time when you're designing mm-hmm. but when you're explaining the design process and and trying to trying to design in front of people is one of the one of the most challenging things mm-hmm. you can do because you're letting them inside your head but what what I decided to do because it's very nerve-wracking mm-hmm. you don't want to fail in front of your students i would just <laughs> tell them when i'm failing yeah. i would just say hey this is what i'm trying to do these are the kind of shapes i want this is the way i want people to feel but right now it's not working mm-hmm. here's here's where i'm trying to go but and I would just kind of guide them through that process and tell them that, hey, it's okay if you fail. It's part. I, I hope you guys fail a hundred times more than you succeed. It just keep on going. And uh, I think them seeing me fail, hopefully not all the time, but sometimes <laughs> um, was helpful for their process. That's probably one of those misconceptions about our artists in general. Yeah. Well, just all artists and probably very good ones as well. It's just there's tons of failure in there. Yeah. And it, it doesn't stop 
happening. Maybe you have better tools of how to avoid failure or quickly get through it, but that's it's there. It's going to be there, and it's probably good, like you said, that it is there. Um, there was a, I used to, there was one summer I was doing the grass grind. Uh, uh, for those of you who aren't, who aren't in Vancouver, grass grind is a series of endless steps uh, in a in a mount on a mountain. I, th- I think it's like two thousand yeah. something steps, or f- it's a ridiculous it's amount. A one, yeah. Most people can do it in uh, an hour and a half, two hours. Um, and I was doing it every day. And there's this one guy who was 65 who was just crushing me. <laughs> and I was dying. Oh, 2,800 feet. Yeah. Wow, not bad. I completely pulled that out of my ass. Uh, wow. And I asked him, hey, what's your secret? And I'm like, does it get any better? He's like, no, it never gets, <laughs> it never gets easier. You just get better at doing it. You get better at dealing with the pain. And I think that's true for most disciplines, especially art. You just get better at, at kind of pushing down your anxiety and your worries you just become yeah a more i guess a stronger person mm-hmm. and has uh boxing and muay thai and all the fight and martial arts you use have they benefited your art it's it's kind of why i i do them I, it's kind of like a getting punched in the face or like my my leg is dying right now someone kicked <laughs> me really <laughs> uh, you wouldn't think it's connected but it really is it just um obviously i still get i still get hit I still get hurt all the time, uh, but my emotions that are, are are present when I'm fighting are a lot more uh, subdued. I, I would say I'm a lot more in control of them, mm-hmm. and it's just a good reminder. It's a very, it's a very live reminder that uh, of how much your emotions are in into play when you're designing and you're at your desk and it's just you and your computer it's not really always easy to look at your emotions and how it's affecting your work mm-hmm. but when you see your performance and you're getting punched in the face <laughs> repeatedly you think you part of it is because hey you're not you're thinking too much or, or, or something else is at play so it's a i use those i i i use those constant back and forth uh, activities to keep myself in check, keep myself centered. And everyone has their own thing. Some people do yoga or cycling, running. Exercise is a brilliant thing to just free your mind and mm-hmm. be present to the moment. That's awesome. And then just to get away from your computer. Just just go. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I spend way too much time on the computer. I don't know. Uh, I should be... Even with Muay Thai, it's funny. I, I, I should probably be, be going outside more, especially in Vancouver. Um, especially in the summer. I'll probably go on a hike today. Good, good man. Yeah. And then... Uh, and so you do boxing too don't you no no i saw you with I some should. wraps sometimes wraps are from just destroyed hands oh, okay just like <laughs> lax ligaments it's probably part part of the reason why when i did try s- certain martial arts is just it, it, you know after a couple of weeks just the hands start failing a little bit or which you know the problem is then i can't work and that means you're not making money and then you're done i, I th- actually think i'm developing tendonitis right now Oof. so See, i got yeah. I, I gotta go to physio and get that checked out mm-hmm. um yeah, these so. are these two things are money makers and they feed you so yeah um, and they give you actually purpose in life as well I won't, I won't say who but there's a there's a friend of mine who uh, has essentially lost the ability of his hands and so he can mm. no longer work in this field and oh, you you really got to take care of your hands and it was a it was a very uh, strong reminder that I, yeah I got to take better care stretching mortals yeah I used to play music and I stopped for that reason it's just too oh, much yeah. stress what'd you play i played drums oh cool eight years seven yeah years. i imagine with you know that's oh yeah it's a lot of stress that's gonna wear and tear on your wrist and right I and, a, and i was a dummy because i also bought a djembe like the hand, hand drum and oh yeah that's even worse do you ever go to the drum circles and i should have i didn't i should have yeah those were fun i went there last week yeah yeah it was fun man 
<laughs> Vancouver in the summer is a beautiful place. It is pretty it, great. Yeah. Let me try to think. I was going to ask you something. Um, oh, yeah. So you're saying you're spending too much time in front of a computer. Talk a little bit about um, the freelance life and oh. how, what kind of shift that has been. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if I didn't think I had a problem before, I'm spending way more time in front of the computer. Um, Which is ironic, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, because, yeah. Well, it's good and it's good and it's bad. Um, I feel like with freelance, I can I, I really appreciate taking time off during the day. Like I'll I'll get the brief for an assignment, and I don't feel the pressure to always be be at my desk. Unbeknownst to my client, I'm not always working. <laughs> sorry to. I understand. I go for a coffee break, and I'll I'll usually uh, take notes at a shop, and then and then when I work, I really hunker down and work. But the thing is that I I feel like I'm spending way more time time in way more time in front of the computer because I feel at ILM I would work the shift and I would come home and I'd feel a little exhausted mm-hmm. being that spending that much time in front of the screen you just wouldn't feel fulfilled but because I'm managing my time correctly with my freelance work and I'm using my time more effectively I have a lot more time for personal projects and as you probably know those personal projects eat away at your time a lot which mm-hmm. I, n- I never actually mind but sorry am I speaking too close no, no, you're, you're doing good yeah. um, so yeah, I I don't really don't mind. Uh, it's it's more time, but it's it's more time for myself. And I'm doing, yeah, I'm just, I'm 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 doing my own creative things. Mm-hmm. Which is so you're saying, because you're not working from home, there's just more opportunity to be working your own stuff at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I gotta say, I, I have a very unhealthy obsession now, uh, because there's something about the monot. There's nothing. There's nothing bad about working in a company, but just for me uh, personally, there's something about. I, I found the monotony to going into a uh, an office every day. There was a safety of the paycheck. There was just a safety, and I realized about myself that when I'm s- when I feel safe, I'm not I'm not pushing myself enough. And so, yeah, when I when I go home, I I feel like a lot more vigor in what I'm doing. And so every morning when I wake up, I just yeah, I feel like a lot of I thought it was going to be the opposite. Hey, what's up? Some random person waving at us. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought I was going to be more lackadaisical and just sleeping until noon, but it's been the opposite. <laughs> I'm a lot more, yeah. That's good to know that you're so regimented, though. It's important. Oh, no, I'm not regimented. Like, really? I don't have a, not? I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. on the dot. It's it's all over the place, but. Um, but you're making work. But I'm making work. What yeah. about uh, being worried for the next project? Or are you kind of established enough to have work coming in and you're you're not scared about that. I don't. I have no idea why. The second I quit, I got like an overflowing in my inbox for work. Did I have no. Idea, I have no. No. I. I didn't tell anyone. Wow. I didn't publicize it, and it's been like that every week. Life I works have no idea why. It, I think I'm not one of those guys that think everything <laughs> happens for a reason, but everything happens for. But a sometimes reason. it does. <laughs> reason, I don't know. It's. Uh, I've been very fortunate, and um, it's also given me the platform to deny work. And kind of look, because at ILM, any any job that they give they give me, I have to do. But now, when I get presented an opportunity, I can tell them, "Hey, sorry, no, that's not really yeah. what I'm interested in doing," and that's really weird. And sometimes I won't make money, but that's totally fine. It's but, not about. Yeah, it's like you said, but then you get to do the projects that you really like. Yeah, and I can I can really get invest, invested on it. There's a project now where I, I can't really talk about it, but <laughs> I'm really really excited about it, and I can uh, I can give it my full attention, and uh, that's exciting. And then w- it's it's brutal, like the the hours are very demanding. But when I'm done, I, I got to take 
some time for myself and refresh and mm -hmm. yeah it's just which is very liberating yeah totally totally liberating yeah really cool so freelance is now for you the way to go from yeah now on and for now how about for you do you ever feel like uh doing personal endeavors and branching out and doing your own thing i mean i know you have an interest in storytelling as well so i would like to there's too much too much to learn but I, w I would really enjoy that and i think to your point uh, about working for a studio i'm i would love to i really like this is something we talked about at our show i really like the entertainment industry and i think it because it does involve design a lot more than my personal artwork does yeah and design is such a challenging thing it's so challenging and it, it takes so much thinking that i i appreciate and enjoy that challenge so i would not right. want to just jump into fine art and forget about it because I, I i actually think i would, I would become a worse artist you think because so? Because I feel like in fine art, there's less rules. And in fact, the people who are more successful have less of the technical rules uh, within their art. When you look at the artwork being sold in the world for the most money, it's the artwork that, you know, everyone's going to hate me for this, but it's artwork that does not require as much skill. It maybe has a lot more mm. conceptual thought, mm. which which th that, as we've discussed, it takes a lot of work. But you're, I think you're talking about the the blue paint on the canvas. Something like that. You know, <laughs> like all that. It's a, well, it can be it, with it, the red square. I think uh, those things are a joke for a reason because uh, you, you can kind of tell. It's a, it's where you're talking about earlier about you know if a if a kid looked at a painting. And I don't know. Maybe I'll have to formulate my thoughts about that. I don't want to like if uh, they can easily describe thing. it. You're saying maybe. Yeah, I don't know. if That's a good analogy, but it just. Uh, what I'm saying, if I only did fine art, I mm. think, and and if at a certain point I started relying on my art to make money, I don't know, I don't know what I would do, and if I don't know if I would make the wrong decision decisions. So right now it's really nice to be able to make a living through yeah. entertainment uh, world, which I love, and I, I love, yeah. the, I love the rules. Uh, I'm very fortunate to work with a really good group of people. So yeah, and it probably be still excites you. Yeah, it definitely does, and. Uh, at the near future, I'm hoping that I can work, you know, maybe three days a week. And yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's a new age. Back in the day, when you, I mean, when in the time of the old masters, I mean, they were only painting. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of opportunity to do. You can really d be an editor. You can be a 3D artist. You can be a painter. You can be an animator. All within the same lifespan. Mm -hmm. And so you can do all those things. It's, um, I personally don't want to limit myself. And I, I think it's cool that you want to do more than one thing too. And it's, yeah, Thanks. why not? It'll be fun. I think summers and murals are just a perfect combination. Oh, man. If I can do one or two of those a uh, summer, you your, know, that'll be fun. Your murals are fucking breathtaking, <laughs> dude. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. You're so it. goddamn good. I uh, I don't think I could do that, man. I don't. I can tell you right now, 100%. You can do it awesome. Like, it, it, because, you, because you have the skills of drawing. Like I feel what you are saying about earlier about drawing being very important to you, I think a good painting if it's a good painting it's because your drawing skills are really good in general no matter who you are i think when you look at uh, you know whether it's edge control or beautiful shapes the silhouette is nice that, that all comes from drawing a paint uh, you can learn that through painting but i think the, the the natural path to those skills is through drawing and because you have that you're, you're gonna kick ass in murals if you do it yeah but i think i think you're not touching on the difficulty of how hard murals are the the planning the scaling of mm -hmm. it it's man and it's a really really challenging and you thing, get to walk around and do some physical work but once again uh, honestly y if you do it you're it's going to be i think it's going to be easy for you just saying <laughs> we, we need to collaborate one day maybe uh, let's do it possibly there's plenty of walls hey if you if you want to get a get out and do some art i'm down man actually, i'd love to i wanted to ask you so uh, do you foresee yourself doing more traditional medium beyond mm -hmm. pencil yeah i mean here's a funny thing i i paint not super frequently but a lot more frequently now and 
it's a weird thing. I feel weird even saying this out loud, but uh, I don't even mean for people to see them. Hmm. Like I have a few paintings at home that just relax me. But maybe that's it's, goal. it is my pure expression. It is like a you know it's part of me. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe maybe it'll be a lot, a lot more of that. Maybe hanging out with you will. Uh, Let's do it. I, I don't know. I just feel I feel uh, not like a fraud in that space, but I just feel. Hmm, I don't know. It's a, it's very unusual for me. This this paint this uh, in the traditional medium. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Um, be, I think because. I think what I want to say with um, with painting. I haven't really established or defined yet, so for now it's just these are they're more exercises or or exercisers or exercises or or, or feelings mm-hmm. that I'm trying to convey. So yeah, but I think these discussions really they make my brain go and and I, I start thinking a lot more about them. So maybe if we can collaborate and paint together, I mean, I re- as always, let me know. I want to paint with you, man. I think that'd Dude. be a lot of fun. Like I said, you, you, I guess uh, I'll let you know. You know where to find me, so we can exactly <laughs> make that happen. I, yeah. I feel like also to branch on that. I feel like in my youth, I, I used to want to try to do everything. I was animating, I was anima- editing, I was drawing, painting, all that stuff, and I felt like what's that line that Bilbo Baggins said? Butter scraped over too much bread. I felt like that. I felt like I wasn't. Um, solidifying myself in one area of expertise and it wasn't until I, I read the book mastery i think by robert green oh yeah if i'm I not mistaken yep. i saw the power of or, or he helped me see the power of um focusing on one skill and i think for now it's much like muay thai it, it's really the only thing i'm focusing on i'm not also doing jujitsu and boxing mm-hmm. and, and like uh, power lifting I'm, I'm trying to limit my my focus and for now my focus is just on concept design slash uh, storytelling those can kind of be in the same branch and I think when I, I do eventually because I will uh, branch out into fine art I think that'll be a, a different chapter and I really mm-hmm. want to f- focus on that solely and not have uh, external things um, uh, pulling me sideways if that makes sense it, de- it definitely does I'm still learning all about that focus and trying to and I can have you know some plans and foresee any future of how to be a little bit more yeah. efficient or maybe like you said take these little chapters and instead of trying to do everything maybe half a year is going to be this one thing and the next half year is yeah. another. the beauty of art is that one is going to make the other better no matter what yeah and i'm, I'm noticing and hopefully i'm correct I, I find that illustration can be and the field of illustration can be the middle point between concept art and fine art yeah i think you get to do both depending on the project that you get and hopefully and you, uh, in my mind the way i do murals is I consider I think of them as illustrations, and I, I'm hoping that yeah they they can be a marriage of those. Well, anyone who's seen your murals would see a, a very strong sense of story. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, and there's look at you, so nice to me. I'm not <laughs> listen to man. I don't, I don't even like you. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm just it's like true. I'm getting no, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just calling it how I see it, dude. Uh, I see a lot of um, yeah, like a lot of fresh storytelling in your work, and yeah, you're right. And who who's to even describe what fine art is? Oh man. But that's that. It's a good and a bad thing about fine art is that there's no there's no explanation or reason. Yeah, I can't believe that's so. the only siren that's gone off since we've been talking. It, usually, it's every five minutes. It's because they know we're recording, so. You know. Oh yeah, you had to, you had to talk with them. Yeah. Ilya's a man a man about town. He uh, he has the connects. Uh, uh, some connects. Uh, do you know Do you know artist Alberto uh, Alberto Mielgo? I love Alberto Mielgo, man. There you go. So he's a crazy son of a bitch, I'm sure. And he so <laughs> and as an example of a guy who's doing it all. It's well. 
I love he. It's kind of like what you're saying. You know, he's an illustrator. Yeah. He's do, he does fine art. He does yeah. um, uh, motion graphics, yeah. animation, yeah. and he's a superstar. He's one of those people that you get like one in a I don't know, one in a million kind of. Yeah. But he's a person to look up to. He's a huge inspiration for me, um, and he he uh, bridges those uh, mediums so seamlessly. It seems mm-hmm. the painting, the animation, the storytelling. He's got a new short he's working on that's coming oh, out soon. So I can't good. wait for that. Looks so good. I okay. Let's actually while, while you're speaking, I gotta try to look it up because yeah. there's a little trailer and it's beautiful. It lo- it seemed like he worked on that new Spider-Man animated show. It looks it, right. It seems very stylistically like him, but either that or everyone's copying him. And I think yeah. I think he. It's it's funny how you think nothing new can be brought, like a new style can be brought in. Yeah. And honestly, a new style is just you take one thing you like and another thing you like, put it together, it's yeah. a new thing. And so, uh, but what he's done, it's so refreshing and beautiful. I think he's a perfect inspiration for people to follow. I hope, like it's uh, yeah. kind of li- the right stuff to look at. I, would I, say. I actually can see, uh, I can see a correlation with your work and his. Um, I, I love his work. Like, yeah. the guy is just incredible. And uh, I, I don't think he he wasn't. I don't think he ever really worked for for a company. I don't. I can't imagine him working. You can't hold him down in front of a computer. <laughs> but um, that he's. His model of living is something that I want to. I want my life to kind of emulate a lot more going forward. Just that freedom of expression and uh, the freedom of which software to use, how he wants to tell the story. There's so many different ways, and it it all it all very very much feels like Alberto Mialgo. And uh, I would yeah. say you're halfway there. The fact that you're taking your life and the projects into your own hands i think that's a that's like a half step there to allow yourself to have the time to do it right then because uh, i'll be honest a a lot of us a lot of artists i hear including myself speak about wanting to do that it's a dream not and the reality is it's not right for most people or me or for some people i'll say some people sometimes it's hard because you're imagining the dream but you're also thinking of I want to make a million dollars with film. I don't think that's the right yeah. approach. I don't think that's even what Alberto thinks. Mm-hmm. I think he just wants to create and be true to himself. And let's not forget the fact that we're, uh, being in Canada, quite fortunate to even have that possibility, right? So yeah. I think that's why kind of th- there's a lot of these elements that uh, come into play to even being able to have, um, uh, if you want that opportunity, you can take it. Yeah. You know, that's one. And you, let's say, you know, many artists, especially North America, have that opportunity and many speak about it but taking that step to you know you leave your job you start freelancing you st- find a way to be stable through your income without spending 40 hours in a week on it yeah and so then eventually cut down you allow yourself more time and well or that's one way to do it, i guess yeah yeah you, with you saying i'm halfway there it's very true because there's a lot of um i mean I, i'm nine almost i think almost 10 years working in the industry there's a lot of oh, who and what i am i i kind of have to kill if that makes sense mm-hmm. and because it's just those 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 traits of me like you know the the structure of working for under a company and uh, as a designer um I, I sort of have to kill some of that mentality where i can allow i can fully allow myself to create on my own and, and think that my ideas are worth it and that um you have to stop caring right you have to stop caring for that stop caring for some things and care more for others mm-hmm. it's a shift it's a shifting of the balance shifting of the spectrum if that makes sense mm-hmm and um, yeah, Alberto, he's, he's great, man. I um, yeah, look up uh, true inspiration. The windshield wiper is that done yet? Uh, let's see. I uh, love that intro. Yeah, it's it's so relaxed and ah, chill. We're looking on his Instagram for you guys. Uh, 
listening along. Who who did it first, Kyle, Kyle J. Scott or Alberto Mielgo? I don't know. Kyle J. What's that? He's a he's a local artist. I gotta show you. Oh. This is a terrible way of podcasting. I'm showing <laughs> images, but just keep on bringing up images. We'll talk about it, yeah. but then never mention what we're looking at. Kyle Scott is is he a guy who has a similar stylistic uh, approach? Just uh, there's these buildings, but well, uh, those are the highest shorts I've ever seen on a man, <laughs> aren't they? They're pretty. You can almost see his ass crack. Uh, Do not. Well, yeah. Oh, look at that. But damn, these a Vancouver guy. Uh, yeah. Damn, that's Kyle, very similar. I, th- I think you you may have done the chicken or the egg. Damn, who came first? Uh, that's really interesting. <laughs> Anyways, look up the windshield wiper, scroll down, but and then go to Kyle's uh, website. That's funny. But I think Kyle did it better. Just saying. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> like you think he paints windows better? Look at the colors, though. The color palettes. We oh, shouldn't okay. discuss that podcast. <laughs> Anyways, let's keep going. Both guys are incredible. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, throw a couple of questions because I think we're almost running out of time. Uh, who actually? Well, let's 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 do this. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah. What what is or what would be your ideal lifestyle? Are you living your ideal lifestyle right now? Um. Kind of. I mean, that's uh. As long as I'm creating, I don't I don't really give a fuck. I'm able to create. That's a blessing. I, I can, I mean, with the exception of having clients and, but even that's fun. I, if I could describe a lifestyle to my five-year-old self where I could work on movies, but then I'd have free time to do my own projects and enough money to travel and do essentially whatever I want, then I'm kind of doing that. Yeah. I mean, my ideal lifestyle is where I, um, I, I think going forward, I want to, own and operate a school here in Vancouver. Good. Which might happen. Stay tuned. Oh, my God. Um, can you believe this? Can you believe it, folks? And oh, then, I uh, it's going to be amazing. I want to also uh, own and operate a studio with my friends and create Could be artwork. both. Yeah. Could I, be a I, thing like a, a t- thing that... Oh, I'm, he, I'm he giving you an expression. He's already thought of it. <laughs> You're not seeing it, but he, he, he's got it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, uh, the um, Vancouver is excited. I'll say that. I'm really excited about the the future. So um, my ideal lifestyle, I think maybe more yoga. We were talking about that before. Yeah. I think a bit more yoga in my life. I'm very stiff. My I'm back gonna, always I'm hurts. I'm going to get Andrew to come to hot yoga with me. We're going to sweat that would, and do podcasts. I think that would help. We're going <laughs> to sweat. Yeah, that would be awesome. Let's bring, let's bring these mics in hot yoga. That would be great. Would that, would that even affect the quality of uh, sound? Just <sighs> so anyway, <laughs> just breathing. <laughs> The thing is that halfway through the class, I, I, one thing I've noticed is that in the beginning, I want to have thoughts and I have them. But in the end, I want thoughts so I can relax from my body hurting. But yeah. I can't have thoughts because you're so exhausted. That's and a good question. Do you ever go into yoga with intentions? Like I try. Uh, because it's almost, uh, it's obviously meditative, mm-hmm. right? I think because of how much uh, focus you have to put on it, I find that it actually quiets my mind unintentionally. Meaning, uh, without me realizing it, it becomes quiet. Because I do try... I. My brain, the way I think, is always try to plan things and, oh, i got to do this thing and this piece of art needs to be done. But it it really helps because I can't – it's hard to think about other stuff while I'm there. Right. Totally. It's uh, like one and a half hour in a sauna doing yoga. So (laughs) You ever do that float tank? Not yet. Soon. Oh, man. Well, I keep saying soon, but have you? I mean, uh, I'm not going to expand too much on it, but I'll just (laughs) say do mushrooms in a float tank and for four (laughs) hours straight. (laughs) Make friends with the guys who work there and try it out. Unless um, you're going to be paranoid and just freaking out in a black room. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that. Uh, for anyone who, who does a float tank, uh, I feel like anyone who listens to Joe Rogan would understand about it. But You know if you know. You know yeah. if you know. I'm not going to get into it like I know too much about it. But uh, yeah, that's I like that stuff. 
you gave out a lot of advice today. This is a pretty good one as well. Did I? I don't know. I feel <laughs> like we're just chatting it up. We are, but especially no. I think maybe without you realizing, I think you're uh, the lessons and the insight that you're bringing is very important, and especially you being on that level. I mean, that was a really long silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> At a really high level, but uh, I find it very valuable just for myself and I hope for other people as well. Oh, well, thank you, man. I, I feel like I'm at a transition point, so uh, it's a lot of stay tuned. Let's see. I, I might be on the streets in four weeks. Let's, let's see how it goes. No, probably I, not, but... Uh, most like I, I do not believe it, but I do want you... I think it would be great for you to come back later. Yeah. Let's say in a year. Uh, I, like you said, because... Guess what, guys? I fucked up. <laughs> Didn't make it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Back to working at Starbucks. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's not going to happen. And um, let's see. Uh, another one. Uh, wh- what, would, what would you say your biggest failure is or was? Oh, uh, biggest failure. Um, that's a really good question. Damn, I like these. Uh, biggest failure. Yeah, I don't know if it's a failure. But just because I think I would have got to where I am maybe in, maybe in a shorter amount of time, maybe not. I, I wish I went to... Uh, a better school early mm-hmm. on I think that I think I I, th- I think being in a classroom setting and having your having your peers critique your work which wasn't really a thing where I went to school here in Vancouver uh, I think I would have benefited a lot from that and uh, yeah yeah that's that. a big one the way you set up that that path especially in the beginning yeah. plays such a huge role but if I didn't go to those schools I wouldn't have known animation I wouldn't have known how to edit I acquired a lot of skills from these ragtag the series of ragtag schools I went to not ragtag but you know what I mean the and it be and those skills sometimes you may not even realize it but it seems like they help so much it, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hoping it'll come together because I, I have so many different interests and I'm hoping that's gonna come together in this and I, I see the end goal being actually filmed because yeah I oh man awesome does that make sense I don't know it really does okay I got you the last one for you and we're gonna have to get out unfortunately uh, alright what would what advice would you give your younger self, younger self before you went to post-secondary Oh man, these are these are fantastic. I leave the hardest for the end. Yeah. Well, what would I? What advice would you give your younger self before you went to post secondary? Before I went to post secondary, yeah. before high school. Damn. Uh, no, before just university or. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is that what? Or maybe am I just wording? No, because secondary school is high school. Damn. Oh yeah. No, okay. no, you got this. I didn't go to high school, guys. I must be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have. Oh, here's what I would have done. I would have. I would have taken time off, because I didn't take a summer off. I went right from high school to the art institute i would have traveled mm-hmm. i, I would have um it sounds really cliche but i would have discovered myself i would have i would have failed a lot more in life than in art if that makes sense so you're saying go travel is that what go travel make some mistakes be mm-hmm. wild be crazy not necessarily you know with drugs or whatever but just <laughs> go be vulnerable uh, i think and for a lot of students that I, I was i was teaching in my class i feel like they hadn't lived a lot of of, of life and so what they brought to the table in terms of design wasn't inherently interesting. And mm. I think those are things you just develop through experience and time and interests. And so it all goes back to being that person, uh, the being a per- an interesting person or being like a full of experiences to bring back into your art, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, th- and one last thing I can say, which is the most important thing, if and when I ever have kids, I'm going to instill this in, in them 100% is have confidence in yourself, have confidence in what you're trying to say. Not necessarily your abilities. Your abilities are, are always going to start from zero for the most part, but in what, in what you're trying to say, the vision you're trying to say, what you're trying to give to the world, um, be confident in that because everyone everyone should feel like they're useful. And I feel like I didn't always feel like that. So that's that's a pretty that's important really, thing. That's a very good advice to end on. Right on. 
Andrew, it's been a pleasure, person. man. We're shaking hands now, guys. You can't see it, but because yeah. this guy is <laughs> just let me give you that. That was, a, that was a bad handshake. There you go. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank I you for really, having me, man. Really it's been a lot of fun. Uh, definitely gonna have to get you back on. Uh, I'm gonna keep following your journey. Right on. I can't wait Likewise. for the school to open up and the studio. So you you said it's gonna happen. So you have no. Other I said it. So now I now I got to do it. It's happening. Um, tell people how they can find you online and uh, uh, this thing. Up. You can find me uh, Andrew Doma. Uh, D-O-M-A is my handle on Twitter, Instagram, and ArtStation. And if you want to add me on Facebook and say hello, uh, you can find me through Andrew Demachowski. Well, check out, go check out his art because it's a beauty and uh, really inspiring. And uh, oh. can't, can't wait to see what what comes next, especially the storytelling side you keep uh, telling us. So we'll very see. exciting. We'll see. <laughs> right, people. Uh, thanks for uh, listening. If you want to learn more about Creative Theory Podcast, gonna have uh well we are on instagram and facebook creative through your podcast uh <laughs> we're gonna start a dance and a party <laughs> in here so uh good song man this is uh let's see the moon of pigeon by instant party uh, g- those names are impossible to say but enjoy i gotta get this list from you all right thank Sweet. you guys thank you so much love you all and uh gonna be back in two weeks thanks to save on radio uh shout out to pedro amado check out vault 100 it's good stuff all right bye bye